Well, uh, welcome everybody to the Timmy Gibson show. So excited to have Wade here with me today uh, for a great conversation. Wade, why don't why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? I know you're. We've met through the wedding business, right? You own Complete Music, Complete Weddings and Events. Long okay. time ago it was Complete Music. Okay, now it's Complete okay. Weddings and Events. Yeah. All right. So, how long you been doing this? And 32, 33 years, and I've been in Kansas City. Uh, with, took over this office like twenty two years ago. Okay, so this is a franchise. Yep, locally owned. Where's the headquarters? Omaha. For, okay. And so how'd you hear about this business? So what interested you? In okay. So went through undergrad and grad school for my uh, bachelor's master's in uh, music ed, was a band director for four years in Nebraska, Iowa, Nebraska. Really? And it's like coaching every day, all day long. Right. Yeah, and yeah. everything you do is a public performance. Right. And my final school I was at was, uh, we had a really successful band and uh, I thought it doesn't get any better than this, but I, not getting out of it, but I, I'm not getting the intrinsic value of teaching. Sure. And I, I had outstanding students, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I just, I can't do this anymore. What's happens when I, and I, and a friend of mine from college who had been band director, you know, he had talked to other band directors that had been in it for like 25 years. And they, it's the analogy. I'm halfway across the lake. Do I swim back or do I keep going? Yeah. Right. And I didn't want to keep going. I didn't want, I was already feeling 40 at the end of the day. Cause yeah. I, I'm just the amount of time and effort I would put into it. Sure. I thought, what happens when I reach 40? Right. right. So I just, I and my wife, we up and moved to Omaha and that's where the corporate headquarters was. And I was doing temporary work. I did inbound telemarketing, uh, you know, a lot of physical labor, temporary work, four bucks an hour back then. Oh my gosh. Or 425. Now we're telling our age. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I interviewed to be a DJ there at the corporate headquarters. And then within about a year or no, they went ahead and made me the operations manager. And then uh, about six months into that, the only th place within a day's drive, they didn't have a franchise at that point, was Oklahoma City. I thought, okay, my sister actually lives there. Okay. And I wasn't even thinking, bulk of our business weddings, like 90% of it. Yeah. But uh, the South, uh, there's, the Catholic population in Oklahoma City was like 7%. The rest yeah. is Church of Christ, Church of Nazarene, yeah. Southern Baptist. Uh, Church of Christ, there's no music. Right. You know, right. no instrumental music in right. there, you know, it's all acapella. and I do a bridal show and, and, and this is 20, 30, I don't know how many years ago, 25 years ago. And I, I quit doing bridal shows cause they didn't really have any big ones, but I'd say, are you having a dance at your wedding? And either they'd say, I never thought of that. Or they go, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, they didn't know what a dollar dance was. It was really it was different than when I first back, moved back here and I had to start a dance. I got, there was a ragtag crew. When I took over this office, it was on its last foot. And uh, I remember going and had to start a dance and getting people dancing. was. I thought, wow, I forgot how easy this is. Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Kansas. It changes when you get to the uh, Oklahoma border. It's just, it's weird. Fascinating. Yeah. It was so easy to get people up having fun. Yeah. Because that's what people. You know, so how long did, to, how long ago did you take over the Kansas City? 19... 98. Okay. 99. So you've been doing it a bit here in Kansas city. Yeah. 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 So I interviewed recently, uh, Mike King Yep. and I know he worked with you and got a lot of training from you and well, speaks super St. highly about you. Yeah. Actually. He started in St. Louis then he came work for us while then he went down to, uh, and worked San Antonio. With our, yeah. Who's owned by the Austin office and then came back up here and started doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, this podcast is it, 
we talk about a bunch of stuff. So probably at the end, I'll ask you about aliens and conspiracy theories, and we'll have a bunch of fun riffing conversation about all that shit. Um, but one of the things I like to talk about and people really appreciate uh, listening to are people's relationship journey. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll go there. Um, but then also the spiritual journey. Um, you know, I came from a very religious background and, you know, you've shared a little bit about your, your journey and I'm excited for everybody to, to hear that too, because, um, you know, it's so different than, than my upbringing, but then now where my journey's taking me, uh, it's been a very interesting, uh, interesting road nonetheless, which is why you're even here on the podcast. Cause you caught me and said, I've been following your podcast and man, you've been on a journey. And, and I was like, Oh my God, this is great that someone, you know, has been following this. This has been fascinating. So relationships. So tell me about your relationships when you, when you first got married and how that went. And <laughs> oh, man, you know, some stuff seems like yesterday and other stuff. It's like, lifetimes ago. And you know, it's really weird. And I think this is just part of the natural process. You eventually only remember the good times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The bad stuff just seems to fade from your life yeah. once you get 10, 20 years out and, yeah. um, got married, uh, second year of grad school. My wife, uh, was an elementary major and, uh, my first teaching job, I made 14,500 a year and that's with extra duty pay yeah. with a master's degree. Jeez. And, uh, in a small town in Iowa, taught for a couple of years, then moved to Nebraska, taught, and uh, had our first child. Where was it? Was it? In, yeah, when we were in Sutton. Uh, that's my oldest daughter. Then we moved to Oklahoma City, started that franchise from scratch. And I thought everything was fine, and apparently it wasn't. And, you know, sometimes I question if she was ever really in love with me. I don't know. Right. You know, long story short, she cheated on me, you know. Sorry and, uh, I was, you know, you look back in 2020 hindsight, but yeah, right. it's like, I'm an idiot. I, I knew it, but I didn't know it. And there's too many stupid details. Anyway, I ended sure. up here. She ended up. In, how long were you, how long were you married at this time? Oh, geez. Uh, so like you guys 14 have, years. 15, so, okay. 16. So you guys have been married for a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had three kids and so, uh, wow, three kids. I mean, four, so you're established. You're like in like Flint. And then this, this came out of like left field. Like yeah, you just were like, yeah, I'm curious if this is okay to ask, like, how did you find out? Like, how did this, how did it come out? Oh man. I just eventually, you know, I found uh cards and emails that she had printed up. And then I, one time I went over to the house, watch kids after I moved out. This is, this is stupid stuff. I've never told anybody this. Yeah. I had a uh, printer and scanner in the trunk of my car. I just would take out these piles of stuff and copied all of them. I had a catalog. Wow. She still doesn't know I have it. I don't even know if I have it anymore. But anyway, I think I was just in denial. Yeah. And uh, we tried counseling, but it was too late. Yeah. And I want to be honest. My last relationship with my ex and child and all that. I, 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 you can throw a stone at 200 counselors within the area, right? Yeah. yeah. I swear to God, it's hard to find a good one. Yeah. I think they're all messed up also. I, yeah. I nothing, no, nothing bad to the counselors sure, out sure, there, sure, sure. but I haven't had any help. They've yeah. all let me or my kid down. I feel. Yeah. But, um, so then she ended up in Lexington, Kentucky with my kids. Cause, but she told me she was going to move here because this franchise was for sale. She said, I always thought about moving to Kansas city and teaching there and I'd be closer to home. And she lied. And then since I left the state first, uh, she could go anywhere she wanted. I was just very trusting. Yeah. I'm not as trusting anymore. Right. Right. I learned right. my lesson. Then um, I rebounded too quickly, got married too quickly, 
like a year that's later. usually the story that yep. when people get right out of one marriage and then boom I'm, i like being married thought you were in love right yeah and it was good i did the, too i loved i loved being married honestly i don't like being single i'll be honest yeah sometimes it's great to have the place to yourself sure. but uh i don't have to be married again i don't sure. care but you enjoy the companionship yeah. or just the the partnership or and i get along with everybody so i just i think you know uh I thought we clicked and we did it on a lot of areas. You know, there's all the check, check boxes, money, religion, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And you go down and, uh, it just, she just got more unhappy, more unhappy. And I can't be responsible for your happiness. No, you right? cannot. Right. <laughs> and wanting to spend and this and that. And the last few years were just not good. She said she wanted a divorce, wanted a divorce. And I'm, you know, finally, how long was that marriage? Woo. 99 up through three years ago. This is seven, 18, 19 years. Goodness gracious. So I you've mean, had two pretty long yeah. marriages. I'm sorry. How young are you? We're old. Yeah. Take a guess. Yeah. You know, I thought we were close to the same age. I was, I was guessing you to be about 52, 53, like a little bit older than me. You're, are you way older than me? You're not sixties. Mm -hmm. No I, shit. I'm 60. Dude, you look great. I, people tell me that, yeah. No, you really do. Ain't for a lack of trying. The only thing that gives you away is just you have gray, a little bit of gray hair, but but you have hair and yeah, I got I'm that. Surprised. Don't surprised. I? I yeah, I did not. Yeah, I just assumed we were close to the same age. Yeah, I thought I just looked young for my age. I thought, well, I look more like I'm forty, even though I'm fifty-one. But he looked, wow. Okay, good for you. Some days I feel. Is it the moisturizer? <laughs> Well, you know, now I go to a dermatologist. When you get older, all of a sudden you get, you know, 20 years ago, I didn't have a physician I went to all the time. I did not have three lawyers. I did not have, <laughs> I did not have a dermatologist. I, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I just over about four months ago, I got diagnosed with rosacea because all of a sudden my, you know, that's the, is that the rosy cheek thing? Yeah. Bump yeah, and rosy. Yeah. And, and, uh, it's pretty fascinating. The guy, uh, comes in with one of those, uh, freezer things for warts and he's got it in a holster like a gunslinger he comes in and he's like this and he's only spends about a minute if i was a doctor i'd be a dermatologist no emergencies whatever yeah and a lot of vanity involved so people spend money yep but i didn't like my face looking this way it just popped out of nowhere but he comes in two minutes he's out and it's you know he does the wham bam th thing or you mean well he diagnosed it and then uh the last time i went in yeah and then i had an upper body scan because my dad had skin cancer and i want to make sure he didn't have any bad moles so but he looks you over and he's talking real fast dictating to the assistant and then he's out of the room prescribes the stuff and he's out of the room anyway what's funny is you're the perspective you get I, you probably felt this once you get past 50 you, get, you start seeing your own mortality oh my god so <laughs> in your mind generally you think 75 years right right if i make sense so i got three i'll divide that in three parts much up to 25 years 50 years and 75. so the second 25 25 to 50 is pretty much the same as the first 25. you're healthy you can do anything your back never hurts you know, yeah. you don't get indigestion, whatever. Right. And then you hit 50 and you go, I'm over three quarters of the way there. And then you start thinking, oh man, I got to get my act together. What haven't I done? Right. <laughs> I, better, I better do something with my life. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so, and that only gets worse. Yeah. Right. And so I was talking uh, with my financial guys after my dad passed and what, you know, when I would be able to retire once I sell my business and all that. And he goes, worst case, worst case, best case scenario. Let's yeah. see you live to 95. We're going to see how, and I, you know, out of all probability, I am not going to see 95 out of all probability. I might make it a little over 80, but maybe I won't. Right. right. So that doesn't leave me much time. Right. Right. And it really hit me 
yesterday I was coming back from seeing my oldest daughter and my first grandbaby. It's only the second time I got to see him. He's 15 months old. And I'm on the plane and I read a uh, Rolling Stone uh, article about Neil Pert, drummer for Rush. I remember him, the one-armed drummer. No. Oh, that oh was, that's right. Neil yeah, Pert. Yeah, I was yeah. saying Def Leppard. No, Neil Pert, technically amazing. Anyway, he got married in the late 90s and uh, they had a daughter. And then in 97 or 98, his daughter died on the, in a car crash on the way to her sophomore year of college. And oh, next year, his first God. wife passed. So then, so he's like 40, gets married again. <sighs> And uh, has another daughter, and uh, he he's really getting tired of the grind of touring. Um, and they did their final. You know, he loved going out to his garage. He had a car collection. He he prolific reader and writer, and that's what he really loved to do. Just enjoy life. Yeah. And he was really looking forward to that. So after their final concert in LA in 2015, uh, he was diagnosed with brain cancer. And he made it past the usual year and a half. He made it three and a half years, but he died at 63 and he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. And I keep putting off, you know, going to see my older kids because they all live in you know, Orlando, soon to be Atlanta, Nashville, and uh, Lexington, South Carolina. Yeah. My sister lives in LA. That's, the only, that's my family, right? Yeah. Well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it next month. I'll do it next year. I, it hit me. I'm going to do it all the time now. Yeah. You know, I just got to take several days off, fly and yep. go see people. Yeah. There's a great book called the top five regrets of the dying. And it was written by a, like a hospice nurse. She was a traveling hospice nurse and had been doing that for like 25 years. And that is one of the most, that's the big, one of the biggest regrets is that not to spend time with family and friends, not really enjoying life and not doing what you really love to do. And then of course the regret is that, you know, to work, work so much for what? Like, you know, I mean, you only need so much, but I mean, you got you know, there's, that's important. You know, that's definitely, I have had more of a concern about my future since becoming 50 than I ever did before. I mean, I just never even considered it, you know, and I just, I just never really thought about it. You know, I'm just going to keep working. I guess like it really, it's like it, my, it's like my, it's like a whole nother person came into my body in my late forties to where I was like, Oh shit. Now see, I have the, I'm very optimistic. I think I'm going to make it to at least a hundred, um, and have a full head of hair. Uh, we'll see. Um, but the reality is middle life. I mean, it's like shit, half my life's gets done. I can't get it back. And all I have is what's forward. And you do have this overwhelming sense of this is fleeting. Yeah. You know, and I need to do shit that matters and do what I love and spend time with my kids and, and do what matters, you know, and not just fuck around, um, doing senseless stuff or worrying about senseless stuff. A lot of worrying about dumb stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah. That just doesn't matter. So married first time, uh, divorced second time, um, that ended. Now you've got a total of how many kids? Four older ones. And then a 15 year old. Okay. All right. So a full quiver <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> and now you have a girlfriend mm -hmm. okay you're dating somebody cool um the strangest part about dating after divorce so you're so all a lot of my friends that had gotten divorced you know said don't make the same mistake i did you know right after i got divorced i thought i met the love of my life you know so i hear that and i've seen that I've, that's why i've I did the first seen time. it yeah. yes I've seen that. So, you know, I'm a year and a half out. Um, this December will be a full 
this may will be two years since I moved out, but this December will be a full two years of being divorced. So at this stage, you know, I'm, I'm dating, you know, my heart is now starting to be more available. I went to a lot of, a lot of counseling to work through my own, you know, grief and all that, even though I would be considered probably the cause of the demise of the marriage. Um, but it was a healthy marriage until the end, until it wasn't. Um, but still for me, I don't, I don't want to get married again and then get divorced again. I just like, I really, well, yeah. I mean, you're like, yeah, don't do it to me. Divorce is. <laughs> It's terrible. Well, basically it's a death yeah. and you suffer like it's a death. It's the death of a relationship and it hurts just as bad, if not worse, because here's the thing. The other person's still there, especially if you had a child, yeah. especially if there's a lot of animosity from that other spouse Yeah. and it drags it out further, but it is definitely a death that you mourn, even if it wasn't good. Right. You know, it's just, it sucks. Yeah. And so now the gal, um, dating my girlfriend, you know, it's been three years and I, I met her before I was divorced. I didn't physically cheat, but I yeah. did talk to her. Yeah. Um, she lives in Omaha. So, you know, if we were in the same town, we would have been together all the time, but yeah. how'd you meet her at a football game? Really? Nebraska football game. So I doubt if my ex is listening to this, but yeah, I don't care. So anyway, there's a lot of talking and I don't see her very often. Yeah. So you want to build a relationship without the physicality that's how you do it because yeah. i i'm in love with her mind she's one of the smartest people i've ever met yeah she she doesn't care about spending money she yeah. doesn't i mean i start listening to those things in fact you know we talk about a checkbox you know yeah you got to agree religion things, all that yeah at the beginning i'd say wow big check mark there because yeah. the, you just learn and discover about them and you find they're more and more like you yeah she she gets my sense of humor yeah. My ex it had no sense of humor. I mean, <laughs> not that I'm trying to be funny. Sure. But if I had to explain a joke, it just takes it away. Yeah. And, and, uh, we enjoy watching the same things, doing the same things. We love the, she does the New York times, uh, crossword. She's a fiend at it. In fact, well, now we're doing it, uh, we're doing it virtually Really? Well, on the weekend. We started That's doing that. So like, yeah, it cool. is. That's because I know, I, I know knew that, I was going to like you. I just, I love intellectual stuff. I love people that read. I just, I'm fascinated by that. Well, she, and what's funny is we compliment, she'll know stuff I don't know. Of course, once you do crosswords enough, a lot of the little same answers come up because there's only so many words that have the same three consonants in a row. But, and then yeah. I'll know those stuff she doesn't know yeah. and we'll zip through it. And it's so nerdy that we enjoy it that much. Yeah. It, it's a hunt. It's trying to fit, finish and get your best time. Yeah. And, uh, cause you do it online, but she'll do a zoom. And so I got the screen right in front of me and we just got going through it. We're going to so finish. I am on the way over here. I said, Oh man, I forgot we can do Saturday's crossword. And she was kind of silent. I said, you already do it. And she goes, well, I didn't finish it. <laughs> so we'll start the Sunday. That's neat. So I'm, I'm curious because I, I have a large single audience that listens to my, my podcast. And, um, so I'm sure they're in their mind wanting me to ask this question. So you said you met her at a football game, but like, but give me like how it happened, right? Did, was she sitting next to you and you spilled a drink on her? Like, how did it actually, how'd not, you exchange numbers? I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking for it. Right. Okay. I wasn't looking. I was still married. I was miserable. My ex was really miserable yeah. and wanted to, had been asking for a divorce, but wouldn't seek counseling. It's funny how after I moved out, she wanted to get counseling, but I knew that wasn't going to Yeah. I was done. Yeah. But, um, so I didn't ask a football game and she lives in Omaha, but she was with her friend. They were both rooting for Ohio, Ohio State. We met at a bar the night before where some Ohio people came in. My friend Ron from Dallas, his brother is in the band 311. So there's this bar. Actually, it's closed down now because that guy that owned the hive uh, got arrested for murder during a riot or whatever, during the protests. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So that 
Wow. So that bar is no more. But anyway, we'd met briefly the night before and said, hey, we're having a tailgate tomorrow. So they showed up at the tailgate. And Dan, uh, our franchise, uh, he's my age too, in St. Louis, say, hey, the girls are here. You just make sure you go make them feel welcome. So I went over to talk. And I talked to Bridget. And I don't know what we talked about. We talked about this cruise she goes on, cruise for cancer, cruise money. And, we're and I'm just looking down at her shoes and I'm listening to her. And it just hit me. I no clue. It just hit me. And I feel the same way today as I did then. Oh, three and a half years ago. And I don't, I can't tell you why I wasn't looking for anything. Um, then after the game, we started just as a friendship. Yeah. I mean, no, I liked her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you liked her, but in the sense of uh, uh, long distance, I mean, it wasn't like you guys moved in together real quick. Well, or we couldn't have. Yeah. And right. that was the beauty of it is that there's discovery going on and it's all talk. Right. Which makes sure, you know, and, and for one of the first things she said, first times a few times she goes no i don't have to get married again you know yeah and uh so uh then um i could i don't know we we uh we didn't exchange phone numbers but we became friends on facebook i and, and then my two buddies from dallas and st louis and and then there was a conversation somewhere on facebook where we're all kind of back and forth and <laughs> she's being coy and and then dan had actually told her friend at the game hey wait really likes likes Bridget. She, Bridget had no idea yeah so then she kind of posted and said hey if you guys ever want to call give me a call when you're in town so she gave the phone number right <laughs> she knew what she was doing <laughs> and so I eventually called her and you know I we started talking and I did go see her a couple times and again I didn't anything physical yeah emotional yeah. betrayal but there was no emotion at home sure I sure. felt guilty but I didn't right right and then we still talk an hour every night and 15 minutes in the morning oh, every day wow and after so how does the long distance work for you now is she she's still in omaha yeah sometimes oh. we'll see each other twice a month this fall i saw her once out of three months maybe just because of work and all that it sucks oh that does suck so yeah we won't but talk. that's i think that's yeah. when you know there's right. something there because like I, she has your heart yeah right? yeah i mean it, it, she's just She's just, you know, I can't. She's I, your person. Like, she, in fact, that's what she said. Yeah. You're my person. Yeah. Yeah. And it's exactly right. Yeah. I'll have to be honest. I'm, I'm envious and, and ex very ha happy for you and excited. And, and, and Bridget, just so you know, I think you got a great guy on your hands here. Um, I believe in romance and magic and, and, you know, my, my first marriage, it was a magical marriage until it ended. And, people ask me all the time. So you think you'll ever get married again? Like I'm going to be piss pissing on marriage now, you know, because I got divorced. I'm like, no, I'm not bitter at all. I had a great 25 years. Now I'm single. I'm rediscovering who I am and I want to meet someone, my person and want to spend the rest of my life with someone. I have, I'm still in favor of marriage. I still love love. I'm still romantic. Like all that stuff has not changed with me at all finding that person you know it's just I, I it's almost the harder i look it seems to elude but when i just am about my my own self my own journey doing my thing mm -hmm. doing what i love going where i love i do trust the universe or god or whoever the fuck's out there that it'll happen you know it's like for when you're looking for a job you know you and my friend uh from uh, college one was a band director also, and he went on to do a lot of things. And he had a relationship. We always said him and deal never get divorced. They, they got divorced. But anyway, <laughs> he goes, 
I believe in luck, but you create that luck by giving yourself opportunities, right? Right. right. You're not going to find somebody if you don't put yourself out there, Absolutely. but you can't push yourself out. There. And just like when you're, you apply for all these jobs, you're not even looking at this one. And they're the ones that reach out to you. That's how I got my second teaching job. I didn't apply for it, but the school where I had applied, they hired the teacher from this previous school. And they said, they reached out to that school and said, you got any applicants we could look at, you know, and that came out. So of, had you not been yeah, yeah, doing yeah. it? Yeah. Right. So I think it's the same way, I, but I wasn't putting myself out there and I, Bridget doesn't want to call it serendipity or anything like that. I sure. just, so you just, weren't doing online dating at all. You no, weren't, yeah. I had none of that. I went and again, I went right from one relationship to another. Yeah. I, I didn't date around between the, my first two marriages. And again, I like, and I think I just, I have high tolerance level. Yeah. Right. So I, I thought I was doing okay. I don't have to tolerate Bridget. Right. right? I right. like everything about her. Right. So right. it's not like I'm comp and there will always be compromises of certain things. Oh, sure. I'm not a dog person. She's a dog person. Yeah. My last wife is a dog person. So that's the compromise. That's probably the only compromise I have. Yeah. That's nothing. That's right. Nothing. That's right. Nothing. Given everything else. Yeah. Um, but I think if, again, I'm, I would not want to go into the dating pool. Yeah. You know, it's wild. I well, mean, you know, and you'll see some of these, some gals on Facebook and, and, you know, they'll start horror stories of what guys are like. I, I think it's worse being a female trying to find a guy because guys are just gross. Yeah. You know, they are. And they're, I'm, gals, they're good guys out there. There are, there are, there are, I'm one of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. I'm surprised that, and this is, this is, uh, I hear, you know, I run the Facebook page, Casey singles mixer. There's about 3,500 singles on it. Oh, did, really? Yeah, we we uh, I created this page about five years ago, uh, when I was married, and created it as. Someone asked me why did I do it, a lot of reasons why, but I was in the wedding business, so I was in the business of love. Why well, I always had bridesmaids saying, "Hey, Future clients, right?" Yes. <laughs> well, so my thought was, I was like, I could have a a leader into my into my right. wedding business. You know, I could make it where they meet, and then they want to hire me to do their wedding. So I, I just came up with this idea and I thought, you know, I could start doing like matchmaking or whatever on the side. Well, I decided to throw a party and invite single people. And we had 150 people come to the first singles thing. And I was like, oh, I guess this is legit. So I started doing monthly singles events. And then someone said, you ought to start a Facebook page. And I said, oh, that's a good idea. So I started a Facebook page to get all the people that were coming to my events to, to interact so they could, you know, talk in a safe space without having to do an app and swipe right, swipe left, all that bullshit, they could just congregate together. And anyway, the, you know, the rest is history now, but I can't tell you the number of females that tell me the, the dick pics they get and the, the advances and the crazy shit. So I go, I do videos often and I try to teach guys like guys, like stop doing dick pics, like completely stop asking her for nudes try to connect with their, where do they their, get this from? I don't know. Is that how they were raised? It must be. Do they think women, women don't want that. No, read, a, read any book. No, that's not what right. no it's like, yeah, <laughs> they do, but not, that's not how it starts. No. Yeah. Once, once you're intimate with someone and they care about you, yes, maybe that kind of stuff can take place, but not when they've never fucking met your ass and you're sending a fucking like what right now. I'm telling you, you just, you are not on their list. No, you just turned them off. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And if, just to be honest with you, any girl that would want a picture of my penis, <laughs> I don't want her without anyway. meeting <laughs> right. me. I wouldn't be interested in her anyway. She, she might have been around. <laughs> so, uh, yes, you're you're right, Wade. It, it's it's an interesting world out there, and a, a lot of the people that I, you know, work with, 
uh, say the same thing, you know, and, and, but then I always tell people, listen, there are good dudes out there. There are good women out there. There are, it's out there, you know, it just, it just takes time, you know, and you can't be desperate, you know, Don't, and you got to work on yourself. Yeah. I, one of the things I teach is you, it's not about finding the right person. It's about being, being the right person. And once you're okay with yourself and you don't need anyone to complete you, that's when you're ready for a relationship. Don't be needy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a difference between want and need, right? Oh, you're exactly. Yeah. I don't need anybody. No, I'm self-sufficient. I yeah. funny. My ex-wife thought she couldn't get along. I couldn't get on on, on my own. Yeah. I cook. I, and you know, and then, but she's the one that couldn't figure out how to use the lawnmower or whatever. Right. right so right. I never did anything around the house. Right. Right. And <laughs> I live great by myself. I, yeah. But I I do feel you. There's that need to to just share yes ideas, and that's the other thing with Bridget. We talk about everything. Yeah. We talk about politics. We talk about like there's nothing that you can't talk about, right? Openly and honestly, honestly. But it's not just about our likes and dislikes, and it's we talk about stuff in the news yeah. as as friends and at an intellectual level sometimes. Yeah, and she says she's really good at setting me straight on certain things. Yeah, because she's she's usually a square or two ahead of me on discussions of politics or women's rights or whatever right yeah. and uh uh that we it's just would yeah. you say some people say this when they when they meet someone that they really really connect with they'll say you know it's just it's just easy yeah like it's easy not that it's easy nothing in life's fucking easy right but when you're it's like a job it's not easy but when you're doing what you love it's way easier than if you're you fucking hate it so i think it's important to one of the aspects of meeting your person when you find that person and things just seem to be easy that's something to kind of tune into i will tell you first time several times we met you know after a couple months it's like we'd been dating for years i mean it was just that the compatible and easy yeah it just flow there's no expectations that's awesome and it's and, and she goes you know eventually at some point we will be together she goes she goes you know having lived alone so long i don't know if i can live with somebody again you know yeah. I'm not going to want to talk to you all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to you all the time either. If we're, if we're together, <laughs> living together, you don't need to talk all the time. Yeah. You know, and I do like living by myself, you Me know, too. but I would like to have somebody there. Yeah. You know, you know, I enjoy it too. And especially for a lot of reasons, I think spending 25 years with someone, you know, even though it was great, it was fine. It's, but you know, my, my place now looks exactly like I want it to look all the time. And I really like that. I mean, I've, it's, it's, it's so much, it's peace in my heart when I come home from doing four weddings on a Saturday and I come home and the house is quiet, quiet and clean and what I want and how I want, and I can watch what I want. I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm not sharing anything with anybody. Um, and that makes me, you know, sometimes I'm like, man, am I fucking selfish? You know, uh, I right. Yeah. Like what's the deal? Cause I, I, I have enjoyed being alone to an extent, you know, but I want to share my life with someone. I'd love to have a partner or my person or, you know, someone to like, I love traveling and traveling alone is, you know, it's okay. But traveling with someone that's fucking fun. Like when you took off, went to the beach yeah. by yourself, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. Well, wait, what you, that thing the kind of stuff is 10 times better to share with somebody and talk about the experience. Yeah. Wasn't that cool? Or I, I love it here, but being by myself, I have just, I'd feel, um, that would be depressing probably for yeah. me. I'd like, oh. Yeah. I, now, I'm not the kind of guy, like, I don't go to movies alone. Of course, you can't go to movies anyway right, right. now. But <laughs> I, did, I did start doing that because I love the movie experience. But okay. the first time you do it, you're like, 
people think I'm a loner, but you know, I just <laughs> bring a bring a cardboard cutout. And, and Bridget you. goes, I've been doing that forever. It doesn't, you know. Yeah. And uh, or eat going yeah, out. She's eating. just more mature than us, yeah, probably. <laughs> or eating going out and eating by yourself. I've never done that. Yeah. You know. Now, if I'm in another town, I have to stop and eat because I'm whatever. That's different. But yeah. No. Yeah. So I want to I want to switch gears just a, a little bit. I had someone ask me about this the other day, and um, this made me think of our conversation. You know, having been married and divorced. Someone asked me the other day, so what, what do you, what are your regrets? You know, in other words, do you regret what happened in order, you know, to get you where you are now? Now, And I said, you know, in my mind, I thought, well, yeah, hindsight, you know, da, 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 I might do things different, but then I thought, but I can't it's like the point in regrets. It doesn't make any sense to me to have regrets because I can't change the past. It is what it is, but I can learn, you know, I can grow, you know, I can be, what's that? You can become wounded or wise or bitter or better. And so I, I hope that, you know, my 25 years, I learned a lot and, and have no regrets about being married for 25 years. I became a better person being married. And now that I'm single, I'm becoming a better person being single and rediscovering who Timmy is and what the fuck I believe and think. And, you know, and moving forward, it's, it's, I just don't find regrets helpful. Is Am I weird in that? No. Or what, what's your perspective I on think you get you learn that regrets are stupid because you know graduate from college i'm gonna go teach and retire like my dad did and be married to the same woman till they're off the earth right right and life doesn't work that way especially anymore yeah but i you know the older you get you start i don't want to say get philosophical but i i told my kids you are a product your life is a result of every decision you did or did not make not everything i mean people right. die people get sick sure. but you're in control of a lot of what you do a decision maybe you didn't make or a wrong decision. And I've made tons of wrong decisions or no decision at all. Right? right. If I didn't get married to my first wife, I wouldn't have these three beautiful older children. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't have the son right now, even though things are tenuous um, with my second wife, but I'm a product of those life experiences. Yeah. I, you know, you, I think when you first get divorced, well, what would happen if I hadn't married her? What would my life be? Well, you know what? I would married somebody else and maybe gotten divorced. Right. <laughs> so, Hopefully we take away and learn, you know, what is, what is it? Shame on me. Shame on you. Know, fool me once, fool me twice. Shame on, you know, right. if I keep making the same mistake over and over, I'm just dumb. Right. Right. I haven't learned from my mistakes and I've made so many, you yeah. know, and, and just accepting that you're imperfect and you're going to keep screwing up, you know, yeah. you just try to make more good decisions than bad. And, and last year, it kind of hits you again, you get older, you start thinking about your life because the end looks is way closer than you think it is. But I think, Regrets. What do I really regret? I regret eating uh, light sour cream for 20 years instead of the real stuff. There's, <laughs> there's no difference in really the, no. for the amount you eat, the calories. And I, I eat real healthy right. and I'm thinking this doesn't even make a difference. And the taste is 10 times better. Right. It's great on everything. I gave that up for 20 years. What the hell for? Right. And then, um, I didn't discover the Bodines till about two years ago and they've been around like 20 years. I love them. I'm like, how did I not see this? You yeah. know? And I, I think a lot of us, you get stuck in the music you grew up with because that's part of the way you were. Right. You can't help that. Everybody's right. that way. Right. right. But, uh, those are probably my only two regrets. I can, I think I wish I'd done this. I yeah. wish I'd done that. Yeah. You know, everything else is, I am who I am because of it. Right. And, and, I, I have been, I think at first you do have regrets. You get out of that relationship and you re, you heavy regrets, heavy yeah. depression. Yeah. And, and even if it was a bad marriage, there's a piece of you missing. Again, it's death, right? Yeah. The, that marriage is just like somebody dying. It was the, it was the darkest time in my life. Oh, yeah. Post 
because I'm like you, I, I, I got married with the intention, the full intention and expectation of being married till death do us part. And w- didn't, didn't want to get divorced. Would have not wished. I don't wish divorce on anyone actually. No. And having gone through it, I never understood, you know, it's worse than death. I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever. And then I went through it. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is worse than death because I, I, you know, I mentioned this to you off, off, uh, Mike, I, there's two things that I've never understood in life. One is being a homosexual cause I'm heterosexual. So I've never understood how a guy could like a guy or a girl, a girl, just, I, well, I actually can understand how a girl could like a girl. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Anyway, I have a lot of gay friends and, and I've had these very open con- conversations with them. And, uh, but it's just, it's not me. Right. So I don't get that. There's another thing that I never got until I went through my divorce. And that was understanding suicide. Now I wasn't like polishing the gun and putting it in my mouth or anything, but I remember distinctly being in such a dark place in my life that I thought if I got cancer and it was terminal, I'm okay with that. I, I've been there, especially and, my first divorce in very dark Yeah, because you can't see beyond the sadness Yeah, and, and it's not even sadness. It is, yeah. I got nothing left. Yeah. I, there's no one in my cell. I'm deflated. I am, I am down. Yeah. And it grief takes a like while you to get can't down. even and it's imagine. scary. Because I had thoughts, not that I ever tried, right? But you know, what if I wasn't around? And then you get out, and you're like, "My kids still need me." Yep. There's people, you know, and those people that truly do get in a dark place and never get out and actually go through with it. Yeah. You can't fault them. You don't know what it's like. Yeah. To to not be able to face the day every single day, if it's even, I experienced just ten percent of what they did after my first divorce. I kind of get it. Yes. Now I don't totally. Right. But I can see how the world doesn't need me and I definitely don't want to be here anymore. Yep. And that's, it's really sad. It is. It, it's not only sad, but it, it, it was shocking to me because I've always been a lover of life. Like I, right. I love life and I'm like, I can't imagine even living in a van down by the river would be okay. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's like when it's, it's like the worst case scenario it would still be great, you know? Um, your glass but, half full, right? I am very much a glass half full. So to, for me, I even had a friend of mine reach out to me and, uh, that nah, this kind of chokes me up, but he said, um, when I was in the darkest time of my life, he said, I know this is really difficult for you. He said, you're just an eternal optimist. And he said, you've never experienced this much sadness and he could see it in me. Cause I, you know, I'd lost my sister, uh, lost my grandpa. So like, it was tough. It was tough. And then you fucking lose your marriage. You're like, fuck, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was, oh shit. I've never cried on a podcast, but it was, it was just really, it was really dark. And, um, to get to a place where my friends are like, I know this is hard for you, bro. You know, you're, you're like the eternal optimist. You and if know? you're down, it must be bad. Yeah. Like you're the guy that's always posting positive shit on Facebook. Like you're always positive. And I said, well, yeah, it's, that's just me. I've, I'm lucky that I'm that way, but who, man, that got sucked out of me. Um, you're only human. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. And those are normal feelings. Yeah. But you, if you haven't experienced them, it gets scary. Yeah. You know, and. I needed to experience that really to well. To you grew get from it, didn't depth. you? I did. Hey, yeah, I'm a much yeah. better person. Um, yeah, much uh, as sad as dark and as difficult as that was, because of where I am today, I would endure it again, knowing this is what 
what happens. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the reward oh. is so great that I look back on that and go, yeah, that was the darkest fucking time of my life. But if that was necessary to get me here, huh. I think it, it takes at least as long. Again, it's a death as it, as one of your parents passing. Um, the first one was dark. The second one's been dark because the ex is just evil and turning my kid against me and all that. And I have cried more in each of the past three years, each year, more than I cried my entire life. I mean, cause it, it, it's heartbreaking, yeah. you know, and it, Ugh, it has kids. toughened me. Yeah. My kid, I feel sorry for him. You know, I had to tell him one time I said, he goes, what's wrong. I, and I'm taking him back home. I said, I had a mom and a dad till they both died. You don't want, but my mom. And that's pretty sad. Yeah. And then maybe you'll regret it someday. Maybe you won't. He will. And it's everything that, you know, it's all her. Sure. But it's, and I am, I'm still in that process. So I don't know I'm a better person. Yeah. I know I will be because I've gone right. through enough crap that I know and I'll get through this. Right. I've got through crap before. You will. And then you, know, you could do, you know, life is, the ups are not very high if you don't have some lows to go with it to counteract it. Right. And um, I, um, as far as, you know, and I told my exes, I said, you know, every day you're above ground and everybody you love and care for is happy and healthy. That's a plus. Yep. The day's a good day. Yep. It's all downhill from there. Yep. And if you have that attitude, every, everything, life is a gift. And I think you realize that more because when you're younger, you are, you're, you're working hard. You're trying to get ahead, trying to move up. You don't think about the end at all. Or at least or, I didn't. And your family and, you know, you love and care about your family, but at the end of the day, that's all you have. At the end of your life, that's all you have. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what was hitting me the other day. Yeah. Or yesterday. And I knew that, but sometimes all of a sudden, the, you know, these gradual lessons in life creep up on you. Sometimes they just hit you in the face. Yeah. Like, geez, I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, I, I, I knew this, but why wasn't I doing anything about it? Yeah. And I, and I think I'm also, again, kind of stoic. And I, like a lot of guys or people, I just push it down. I just keep pushing it down, yeah. pushing it down, pushing it down. And it, it doesn't take much. I'm watching TV. I create the dumbest stuff. I, and I'm raw. I told Bridget this and she knows this. She goes, you're going to cry. And I said, probably <laughs> she goes, Don't cry. And I'll, uh, I'll be watching something and there's emotion in a lot of stuff. You know, yes. I'm watching movies and not that I didn't get it before, but I, I, I've still got a lot of really raw edges on me because I'm still in the process yeah. and I don't like it. Yeah. You know, I cried on the plane yesterday for 30 minutes. I didn't want anybody to see me. Yeah. They just, tears come down my eyes <laughs> just because I was thinking stuff. Yeah. But I've always been so I just push it down, push it down. Yeah. Your body doesn't let you do that after a while. No. It'll you know? seep up. It's not good for you. No. And that's what therapy is about. <laughs> Let's, talking out loud and then, you know, reflecting back. Yeah. I guess you're right. And all they do is repeat what you just said. But right. um, <laughs> I remember one time I, I uh, was starting to get, get choked up and I have a really good counselor. I'll tell you about him later, but, um, he just said, no, cause I, my, my, my coping mechanism is I, I get, I laugh. I'm like, yeah, I start laughing and would kind of make light to get myself out of that sad state. Yeah. And I was doing that in my counseling and he said, no, no, no. I guess I want you to, let's turn into this. He goes, what do you feel right now? <laughs> I mean, I was just like, Bleh. I literally sobbed so hard. I thought I was going to die. Like I could not stop this flow of sadness and this grief and he just kept making me turn into it and go there and he and said it's physical you oh, feel it you feel I, it. I was worn out yeah. like i had just yes. fucking went did 12 rounds with mike tyson i was it's exhausting oh i, I came home and I, I went straight to bed 
it was like six o'clock at the but night. You let went, crap out. Your mind let go of stuff, and you finally, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it, uh, yeah, it's crazy, and and it's, and we all go through this, but yeah. we don't know how to deal with it, right? Yeah. And and we everybody deals with stuff differently. I admire people just go through, and nothing bothers them, but it's got to be bothering. <laughs> and I know to. it looks like from the outside nothing bothers me because I I don't express much at all. Yeah, right. I, I'll laugh and all that. You're uppity like me. You're pretty, right. Yeah. Right. Especially yeah. when there's people around. Sure. I'm a very, I'm, I'm very quiet. I don't have a ton of friends. I don't engage a lot, but when I do, and that's pretty much my whole life. I mean, I have two speeds, zero and go. I mean, a stop and go. Right. There's nothing in between. Yeah. I can't just do anything a little bit. Right. Whether it be working out or whatever I'm doing, I, you know, it's just, that's the way I used to eat too. I yeah. just, I either didn't eat or when I ate, I ate big. Yeah. Not bad stuff. Just too many carbs. Right. right. So that's, I think that's the way I deal with it too. When I'm by myself and I'm at zero, then I let down. That's when things hit me. Yeah. But if I'm out and about, it's all, I, right. I don't want to say I put up a wall because you asked me about it. I'll tell you about oh, it. Oh, sure. Sure. But I'm not going to let it affect how I interact with um, yeah. you know, other people. And in fact, who told me? So when somebody told me, somebody, I, when I was getting divorced, you know, moved out, and the world was really heavy. Oh, one of my, my financial advisor, who's a friend I'm in a networking group with, and it's been about a year and he goes, and I was kind of unloading on him and he goes, no one would ever know you're going through this. I can't tell. I wouldn't have known unless you told me because yeah. it just, it doesn't come out. Right. Right. Yeah. And that might be part of having, you know, being in entertainment and performing and sure, you know, regardless of what I feel, the show goes on. Right. And <laughs> so, when people say, how you doing? They're not really wanting to know how you're do you really, really want to know yeah. how, long, yeah. how long you do, got. You want to do coffee after this event? And I'll tell you my story. Uh, it's funny. I, I, do I you always say, <laughs> great. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was doing wet. You'll, you'll appreciate this being in the wedding business in the midst of these dark days for me, I was doing weddings every weekend. Yep. Standing up, doing a wedding, people going, that was so awesome. You're so awesome. That was so great. And I'd get in my car many times. I'd get in my car and just, and just start crying. You ever get bitter and you're like up there and you're, cause, uh, do you promise you, to love and to cherish forever? It's not going to work out anyway. That's, that's but anyway, exactly. <laughs> right. you're like, you know, I'm, you're talking to a bride and you know, you're like, well, half of you aren't even getting married. 20 years from now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you know? there, I have thought those thoughts. I'm a hopeless romantic, but there have been times that I'm like, yeah, if this ends up working out, you know, like you guys think this is going to work out just like I did, well, just like everybody else did. Everybody had a consultation and you're sitting in front of them and you're looking at both of them and, they're, and you're like, you can't even get along now. Yep. <laughs> you're not going to make this. I, I give you not even a year. Yeah. You're done. Oh, I have had that. I don't even know you guys. Yeah. I know it's not going to work. <laughs> I have seen couples fight at a consultation with me. Mm hmm. And just the way they were fighting, you know, you know, as we get older, you just can see things. Right. right. So the way they're fighting, I'm like, this ain't going to work. <laughs> uh, like there is bitterness in her tongue and he has a something in his, like, this is not going to go. And well. I suck at identifying relationship problems. So I, this has got to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I'm seeing this, yeah. it's clearly. So it's funny you mentioned about movies and crying. I, I was, I watched the movie the other day and it's crazy, stupid love. Yeah. With Steve Carell. Oh, no, I didn't watch that. Okay, it was about it was, she cheated on him. I should watch and, that. And they're getting divorced. And so he moves out. And, you know, it's sad, right? She cheats. It, it's sad, right? So I'm like, all of a sudden, the feeling of, you know, him moving out and he's not with the kids. 
like it was like I was like in a, a kind of a perpetual state of teary all through the yeah, whole yeah, yeah. movie. And then, you know, she cheated on him. He ended up learning and growing and developing and realizing that he had a part to play in this thing too. And so he comes back around by the, by towards the middle end of the movie, apologizing to her for how he had neglected or forgot or whatever, took things mm -hmm. for granted. And of course, you know, she cried and she said she was sorry. It was beautiful, right? And of course, I don't want to give away the movie, but it's a happy ending. You know, it's a, it's a great movie. I will watch that today. It is it Netflix, right? Yeah. Yes. It's Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great movie. It very touching. All marriages don't work out like that. You know, I, you know, that's just, but it's a neat story. It's a powerful story. Well, something to learn there again. Exactly. You think we all think we're beyond reproach, right? <laughs> I got my act together. Right. When beside behind them, I'm just crumbling. Yeah. I'm rubble. Right. I'm not a brick wall. Yeah. But you know, I, th I think sometimes we talk ourselves into it that I am, but uh, yeah, learning from your experience and yeah, I, I'm even, I'm half responsible for the divorce, but so is she. Right. She doesn't take responsibility. It's all my fault. Right. Right. But I know I wasn't as great a husband as I could have been. Sure. But you need somebody that's helping you want to be the better husband. Like I want to make, and I did, I, I, I would do anything she wanted. Yeah. But we just didn't connect, didn't connect, didn't connect, you know, and, yeah. and it's not for a lack of, I just hope, and then you, you hang around cause you think, oh, it'll change. It'll change. It's not going to change. It only gets worse. Right. The last five years, it just, the first 10 years off, you know, it was great. Great. Yeah. But, um, People, you can't, and that, and I say this all the time, you can't change the other person. No, 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 no. Don't think you're going to marry somebody or they're, they're going to change. They're not. And if they, it was like a drug addict or an alcoholic, they have to bottom out before and they on their own get recovery. Yeah. That person is only going to change if they, whatever that's bothering you, that, you know, that right. they're going to change. Yeah. And if you meet them now and this is who they are, that's who they're going to be in 20 years from now. Absolutely. That's why I've always really been a big proponent on you do the work for you. You know, you become your, the best version of yourself before you are going to partner with somebody to create a, a wonderful marriage. It takes a complete person and a complete person, not perfect, but you know, I'm, I'm whole and happy. I don't need anybody. I want somebody more than I need someone to complete me or I need someone to make me happy. That's not going to work. And I think the older you get, you see your faults or weaknesses. I'm fine with whatever, you yeah. know, but that other person knows those are your weaknesses or faults or doesn't is fine with them too. Yes. Or maybe they have the same one. And that's the, and that's the important piece. I think in, in a happy, healthy relationship, marriage partnership, accepting and loving someone as they are knowing their imperfections, you know, well, it's part of who they are. Right. If somebody was perfect, it might be boring once in a while. Right. <laughs> It'd be boring and it would be, it'd be suspect. If someone seems right. too perfect, I get a little nervous. Like, ah, <laughs> you know, I don't know about this. Right. That's, that's all those, uh, the scam artists that marry serial marriage, uh, marriages where they're just scamming them out of all their money. Yeah. I had a guy tell me the other day, he goes, yeah, I've been married six times. He goes, I think it might be me. <laughs> right. <laughs> he goes, I think I might be the problem. I was like, maybe, maybe. All right. So, uh, switching gears again. Now I want to, uh, because this, the subtitle of this podcast is escaping religion and finding faith. We've not talked about any of your uh, faith or religious background, if there is one, what, what's been your 
spiritual religious journey. I was raised Methodist, and then on my first marriage, converted to Lutheranism because uh, that was my first wife's family. You know, and it didn't matter to me. Yeah. Lutheran is just heavier. Lutheran Methodist, Methodist yeah. it's the same. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Uh, I kind of like you know, Luther left the Catholic Church because he was tired of all their hypocrisy and the rules and all that, yeah. and you know, so. You know, went to Sunday school, went to church, and you know, I have never felt the need to find God. And I, 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 not that I don't believe, sure, but I think He's okay with who I am. Yep. And every mistake I made. Yep. You know, He created you. And yeah, <laughs> and you know, I, I, I'm not a Bible thumper. I, the Bible's just a s- stories to help you live your life, right? Yep. And if people truly believe it, I, you know. There are all those jokes about, you know, the Virgin Mary and, you know, <laughs> and Joseph, like, yeah, where do babies come? <laughs> but um, I've never felt, and if people find peace and strength and guidance that way, I, I don't care how you find it. And if that's sure. your avenue, go for it. Yep. I, I just have never felt the need. Yep. And I do know people that do do it. Yes. And if it helps them, that I'm all for it. Yeah. But I don't. Um, I'm not an atheist. There's got to be something bigger, right? There's there's hard to explain more and more stuff that science, how, you know, we're just on the tip of discovering how things work in the universe. We have no idea. Black holes and all this other stuff, right? right? I'm fascinated by all that stuff. We're we're so insignificant. It doesn't even make right. What you and I are talking about, you know, um, seems deep. There's a speck on a little blue marble that's yeah. Yeah. Spinning out in the middle of nowhere. But, um, there are times when, you know, especially in those dark times. Yeah, I prayed. Sure. And I, I, I think there's, I think prayer is self-fulfilling prophecy to a certain extent, yep. right? You're yep. saying it out loud. If you say it You're out loud and write, it, write that li- on your list, you start thinking in a positive affirmation. Yeah. I believe it's powerful that way. Yeah. Um, I, I, and self-affirmation is important yep. and believing is important. A hundred percent. If you yep. don't, you know, people are highly successful don't see failure. Right. No, they don't. They just see doing it until I get it right. Right. And, um, I mean, that's, that's kind of going out on getting off the topic there, but it's all related. Yep. Oh, I think so too. I, I coming from such a a religious upbringing, I think the part, so I went and you followed my journey. So I went through a bitterness stage, you know, where I, I left religion or Christianity and I really like kind of balked at it a lot and kind of attacked it and all that. Well, now I've come full circle. Now I'm like, no, I mean, it's uh, Christianity is cool for those. If it works for you, great. Like I'm not, I'm not bitter about it anymore, but it, it took me a while because I think that the, the, the you kind of divorced yourself from it. I did. I divorced myself and from it. And I, that I, I went through the healing. Process, yes. I went through know. the grieving and, and the loss of mm-hmm. my identity as a yeah, Christian. Your whole life, right? Oh yeah. I was a pastor for 30 years. Yeah, you based your life on this. And then you started questioning and stuff started crumbling real fast, didn't it? It did. It was, it was like you pull out one brick and pull out another brick. All of a sudden the whole thing crumbled. And then I was now have been in the process and I'm, I'm a little bit farther along now, you know, tore it all down. Now I'm rebuilding. And did you feel like betrayed at first. I that, did. I was like, they fucking lied to yes, me. Okay. Like, yeah. This shit's so not true. There were betrayal and, and, and all this other, you had a, a lot of mixed feelings about it. I did. Right. I was upset because it, this is funny. They're saying this because I've never really talked about this part of it. I did. I felt very betrayed, lied to. Um, and, 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 and I love my parents. I really do. I, I've, I have great parents. You know, they're just, they're full on hundred percent Bible thumper people. And so they believe that like Jonah was actually swallowed by a large fish 
and lived in the belly for three. Like they believe that Adam and Eve are the first two fucking humans. I mean, and the reality is that like, no, like that's, we pretty much are certain like that's not true. Like the earth is 4.5 billion years old and humans have been on the earth for millions of years. And, and at least 400,000 years for how we are now. Like this, this isn't like theory made up shit. Like we know this through science. Like this has been confirmed, right? It's kind of like the earth is a sphere. It's not flat, you know, same kind of stuff. And so, yes, I started to feel betrayed because I started realizing, wait, no, Adam and Eve weren't the first two fucking humans. That's not true. Well, they did do that, I'm sure. Right. <laughs> you know, then you start, I mean, just the, 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 the rationale, I started thinking, wait a minute. So if, if that, which it's not, but if that was true, that means Adam and Eve had a boy and a girl and they fucking, which is not right, which is in, I always wondered about that too, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So the Bible teaches incest yeah, is right. wrong, but yet that's, <laughs> that's how it, we got started. It's, it doesn't make sense. Like when you start really looking at stuff and then like even Noah's Ark, Yes, there was a flood. There's lots of stories of floods. So there, the story of the flood is probably vaguely correct. But that one guy built a fucking ship that big and put two of every animal on it and, and fed them and, and dealt with their shit and their feces. and like, It's a stinky place, though, isn't it? Just one big barn. It's just like these things all of a sudden started falling apart. And I started coming to this understanding of, oh... So my first tier that I came out, so I left the, the literalist mindset, like, okay, there, these aren't actually factual stories. They're stories that are told for a greater truth. You know, so that was the first level down where I was like, okay, I can't believe in the factual stuff anymore. It's more allegory. And then I, you know, kept like, wait a minute, the Bible, which even I know this, I learned this in seminary. The Bible wasn't written by God, men, like specifically like dudes with penises wrote the Bible. And then there were other people hundred years later, hundreds of years later, decided which of those ancient writings were even going to be put and be canonized. Well, first of all, <laughs> before they were written, they were passed verbally down. Right. You ever play telephone? Exactly. Things get corrupted. The only thing that ends up probably the same is the moral of the story. Right. So you can't, if things, imagine me telling you a story, you tell your kids, they tell their kids, and then 200 years from now, somebody writes it down. There's no fucking it's not, way. It's not no. going to be the same story. No. And the names and that's, you know, it's because it gets bastardized every time you tell it. Right. And um, I remember seeing the Dead Sea Scrolls when they were down at Union Station. Yes, I did too. Tiny little flecks of brown paper. <laughs> that's all they got, right? right. <laughs> With Arabic writing or whatever it is. Yeah. Hebrew or I don't know what was on it. And uh, this is where they're where stuff originally came from, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then deciding which stories to put in the book. And, and, uh, and that's what they are stories. Right. And then let's be honest. Yep. But there's nothing wrong with them. By humans. They're less, right. Yeah. But they're lessons and morals to be learned. Sure. That's what it's all about at right. the end of the day. Yeah. And I'm all for that. Me too. And it's basically the same lessons and, and, uh, that every religion teaches. Yes. Right. Yes. Be good to the, your fellow man. Yep. Don't steal. Yep. Yep. Don't kill. Right. Yeah. I, th I think looking at the, the, and this is on down the ring of, of, where I've gone in my journey, but I finally realized that religion is man-made. The Bible has some good stuff in it. It's good stories for moral living or, or whatever. And that all, all what, what all religions share, that's probably where the nugget of truth is. That, right. It, every, every, um, part of civilization, you know, there's somebody, 
has gods, a god, right. something. Right. There has to be an explanation. Now, we know the explanation for the universe and the stuff now, sure. better than we back then. Sure. But the only way to explain stuff was through, you know, a greater being. Right. And so that carries down. Yeah, and really, the religion, when I finally really understood, religion is, of course, not perfect because it's put together by men, by man, and by people. So when I when I realized, wait a minute, a lot of the things that I'm buying into as fact, for example, I was having a discussion with with a family member, <laughs> my my family, I love them, my mom and dad. And my dad said, because he's, you know, they're worried I'm going to go to hell. And my, <laughs> my dad said, my maybe dad, you are. yeah, right. Maybe so. Uh, but my dad said, uh, he goes, well, and I don't even like the way he asked the question because they already asked it was very confrontational. But he said, he goes, well, you still believe in heaven, don't you? It's like, well, the way you're asking that, like, I, what do I, you know? So I, I said, I said, no, I don't know. And I said, dad, here's the truth. You don't know either. Now, the Bible says, was it, well, dad, that's, that's where we, that's where you lose me. You know, where I want to have an intelligent conversation around this idea of an afterlife. Nobody fucking knows. I get that you trust the Bible as the word of God. And that if it says something, then it's a fact. Literally, literally, which I don't resonate with that. You know, I just, there's, there's too many things that as the evidence as we've learned, like you said, with science and things that we not, not theories anymore. I mean, things that we know and it butts up against what I believed, right? Like the earth is 6,000 years old, you know, and, and like just certain things that the, that literalists take the Bible to say. And whenever science began, it, honestly, it's like this, it's like believing the earth was flat. And then someone shows you a video of like, no, it's see this. It's, it's completely round. You're faced with an opportunity. Like, do I either go? Nope. That's a lie. Your video is deceitful. It's a big conspiracy that NASA and the whole government and everybody is all working together to hide the fact that it's flat. That's where you have to go. In fact, I had this conversation. Cause I said, well, dad, I said, you know, and I love my dad. I said, dad, carbon dating. And he goes, ah, oh, carbon dating. Oh, I was like, dad, if all you're going to do is discredit the facts of science, stuff that we've proven. So when something dates back to 50,000 or 60,000 years, and all you're going to say is, well, carbon dating is not real or worse yet say, well, you know, God kicked Lucifer out of heaven, sent him to the earth, and Lucifer is in charge of the earth, and he can do whatever he wants to the soil and to the rocks and to the... Wait, I was just like, I said, Dad, I, I can't have this conversation and you with can't. you. you can't. It's just like in politics. You're yeah. not going to convince somebody when they've been misinformed. Right. Right. I'm all about, if I'm wrong, show me. I'm willing to relearn. Sure. I, I don't know everything, but if I've read it and I've said, oh, I thought this is how it went. And then somebody shows me, like, oh God, I was wrong. Right. I, I want to know the truth, right? Right. I don't, me too. I don't want to be hoodwinked. And, you know, a lot of it, see, you went through this still. I can't believe you went that long, fire and brimstone, right? <laughs> and, and yet all of a sudden you had this awakening. My whole life, I'm like, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah that art. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh, had a baby with not the normal way. Okay. I don't know. You know, yeah. I, but I do believe there's lessons to be learned there. And yeah. that's what it is. Sure. Well, like you said, uh, a bit uh, right before we um, took that commercial break, there's for me, at least there's something, I don't know what the fuck it is. I think it takes way more faith than I have to, to be an atheist. I just, it's like, well, where does this come from? Well, how did we get like, there's, I just, my mind can wrap around when you get to the end, there's some divine being, some creator, some intelligence, something rather than we just fucking came out of nowhere and just maybe though, you know, maybe, I mean, I don't know, maybe there isn't a God, but I believe that there is. I mean, I, I feel convinced that there is, but I can't fucking prove it. Well, what's interesting is when you, I read, I read a lot of magazines. I don't read books. I read a lot of my, I read a lot of time and, uh, world renowned scientists in certain fields, including study the cosmos the guy at the CDC, they believe in God, they believe, you know, yeah. and they believe the explanations for why things, I mean, they're scientists, right? They know how long the earth has been around, but a lot of them are religious, uh, religious people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they, there's somewhere there's a, there's this can all come together. Yeah. Right. And yeah. they can't quite explain it, but I, when I've read some of them say, this can't be all there is. There's got to be something there. Yeah. Because some of this is just can't have coincidence after coincidence after coincidence. Right. right? <laughs> so, but very bright, well-educated people with several doctorates in multiple disciplines. Yeah. Believe in uh, a higher being. Right. So they're, they know more than I do on both ends, probably. Right. 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 So I, you can't deny it. You may not be able to prove it, but you also can't deny it. Right. Right. Yeah. So and then, and then there's always the idea of, well, I'm going to hedge my bet. Let's pretend there is just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a friend that he says, I'm a hopeful agnostic. Oh. <laughs> he, 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 he's like, I don't know, which is funny. I think if I'm honest, like someone asked me this, what do you, what are you now? Are you still a Christian? And I'm like, ah, I, I hesitate because if I, if I say I am a Christian, that means certain things, at least to me. It means I believe, in, it, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. Right. I believe in he's the savior of the world. I believe. So I hesitate to say Christian. So what I've recently said, and I think I might own this. Maybe I should write a book on it. I'm, an, I'm a Christian. I'm an ag, a Christian agnostic or an agnostic Christian. That's what it is. I'm an agnostic Christian, meaning my upbringing, my disciplines, my, my whatever is, is leans towards Christian. But Christian values, Christian values, that? you know, but at the end of the day, I don't know. Is heaven or hell real? I don't know. Is there life after death? I don't know. And the reality is nobody knows they can know by faith. You know, they can know in their heart, but you can't well, that's fucking belief, prove it. Right. right? That's just belief. That's and then belief is a powerful thing. Yes, I think it is very that. powerful. I think you need that. Yeah. Right. But in, in, in a variety of ways, not just God. Right. But, um, yeah, it's well. Look, man, thousands of years. They, somebody's been trying to answer, asking and answering this question, right? Yeah. And there's no answer yet. That's right. Brightest people on earth, most religious, but nobody. All they can do is say, "I believe." Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. No. But it's an eternal question that's not going to be answered. Yeah. Okay. So my mind. I'm so glad we're talking because uh, you know we've talked about doing this 
for a long time, or at least yeah. getting together. Got to get coffee. And so gotta we're like, finally, we're here. Coffee. Like, we're gonna do coffee and the fucking podcast. And I was gonna call you Monday, <laughs> but I knew I was gonna be out of town the rest of the week. And yeah. then you, you got a hold of me I first. I did. I did. So you made the first move. <laughs> so here's a question that I'm curious because if you if you're a reader and and do some research, there is something that has fascinated me. Archaeological archaeological stuff, the pyramids. I am so fascinated with the construction of the pyramids. I'm so fascinated with the, the, the technology, the precision, the, the, uh, the shit that we can barely do today. There are things that they've uncovered. <laughs> that we I don't saw, know how they did it. Yeah. No, like I, I just watched a show that they were showing this pottery, like a vase. And they were talking about this vase is, was carved out of one solid piece and they do not have an, we can't do it today. They have no idea how they did it. And it's perfect. As far as cylindrical. Yes. Left. It's like perfectly the little hole at the top and it's open in the bottom. They're like, they, they had to have lasers, but what kind of lasers? Like they, they, they alien. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll get to the alien thing. Um, but I find that so fascinating. So do you geek out on that, the pyramids and the ancient I, discoveries and go Depley Tepe and all that no, stuff? No, I enjoy reading about it. The, the, the precision that, you know, you can't fit a piece of paper between those blocks, right? It's crazy. And then how they get them in place because they, they didn't have bulldozers. They didn't have any of that. Right. They're, and how long it took to just rolling them on logs. But to, we have no idea, right? Right. To do that several thousand years ago at the level they did it. And they were mathematics wise right. i mean they're way brighter than you and i right <laughs> right and yeah. they made this stuff happen i do think it's fascinating yeah. it's and i've never seen them i think that would be on my bucket list it, i don't have a bucket bu list yet yeah i think i'll put that on my bucket list when yeah. i get it no it's definitely on my bucket list that's it's it is it, it's going to happen for me in the next couple of years it's on my list i really want to go um to see to be just to see them in person uh, which I hope there because is grand. Photos, they don't do anything justice, right? Until you get there. So I have seen the Ro the Roman Colosseum. Oh, uh, I went and to that's Rome. Smaller and more decrepit than you thought, right? Yes, it's falling apart. Uh, but unbelievable! The pillars, the 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 massive size of things. Like I was blown away. I was just blown away by the construction and the architecture and the carvings and the just unbelievable. Yeah, it's just it's. I was my family that went with me when I went. They they were like, "You're like a kid." I mean, I just was taking pictures of everything. I was just so mesmerized by how that two thousand years ago they were building shit that is unbelievable, and it's still standing. It's going to be around that we build today in two thousand years, right? Yeah, yeah. The Roman Coliseum was. I think the only thing I've ever seen that I was in awe was, you know, that doesn't do justice is the Grand Canyon. You've got to see it. Pictures don't come close, right? Yeah. And then um, my, as far as the pyramids, I you think they're out in this open area? No, the city comes right up to the pyramids. Oh, do they? Yeah, it's because yeah. they always show them, and it's just arid, dry land behind yeah. it. Like even take a camel to get there. Like or if something. you turn the camera this way, there's the city. Oh, very fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of. I thought, oh, well, that's kind of, I don't know why, but I thought that kind of sucks. Yeah. It's not what I was thinking. So obviously right. you go there and see them. It's got to be totally different. Yeah. Or the the Mayan pyramids or any of that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Okay. So I want to talk about your, uh, the wedding business stuff, because uh, I would like for this, 
podcast to you know promote you and what you do. Um, so what exactly does your uh, company do uh, for business? Because I know you're not just doing weddings. Mostly. Oh, mostly. I mean, so your you bread know, and butter's weddings. Oh God, ninety percent. But you yeah. do corporate events. If there's corporate events, they don't uh, exist like they used to. Okay. Especially in December, we'll do proms and stuff like that. Okay. Not tons. It's it's weddings, is where, you know, people get, are going to get married. <laughs> so yeah. it's where the business is. That's the biggest part of it. Yeah. And you have a business here, and then one in Wichita. I have the Wichita franchise. Too. Okay. And what's the, what's the website? Just so in case someone. Here it's just completelydo.com forward slash Kansas dash city. And the other one is forward slash Wichita. Okay. And so there's the franchise, is it huge? The franchise is it like, a, you guys like all over hundred and I don't know, 40 cities. Okay. That's but awesome. There's a lot of owners like me that might own several cities. We have a franchise in Springfield, uh, Manhattan, Columbia is now taken over by St. Louis office, Des Moines, Omaha, Kearney. Those are the immediate close ones, Dallas. Um, do they operate it like uh, like most franchises? Like there's only allowed to be one per city yep. for X Within amount of people, distance per or population things like that. Right, like Topeka is covered by probably Manhattan. Kansas City. Oh, Manhattan. Okay, cool. So, and there's plenty of business. I I don't need to go in somebody else's territory. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many weddings just in Kansas City alone? I think I heard t ten to fifteen thousand weddings or something like that. That's a lot of fucking weddings. Not last year. So probably this year. so. <laughs> So I don't want to get, I, I'm going to be real careful to be, stay, stay positive about this. So there's a, there's a con, there's a way to live life. And I try to live this way. Don't always, but I try to, that you can live an abundance mentality or a scarcity mentality. The abundance mentality is if someone came to me and said, Hey, I want to be an efficient, you know, do you have any advice for me? Well, the scarcity mentality is no, I ain't going to help you out. Motherfucker. I hope you fail. Right. The, the, the abundance mentality is. Yeah, of course, man. What do you want to know? I mean, you know, da, da, da. in other words, there's enough weddings in town to go there's around enough business for the businesses that are doing good business. Yes. And I don't worry about my competition. And, and if they're worrying about me, they're not worrying about their client. That's right. the way I look at it. So, right. and in the wedding business, and you and I had this discussion off is that it's just the wild west. You don't need a license or take a test or need to prove that you're good at photography, catering or anything else. Yeah. The, it used to be the hotels, they were corporate, but now it's all, uh, everybody opening their own venue, right? Right. So, I like to bake. I'm going to start right. fucking baking cakes. From top to bottom, it's yeah. all these entrepreneurs. And there's nothing wrong with that. But sure. a lot of them maybe don't have any some business acumen or customer service skills. or So, and brides and grooms only know to ask two things. Are you available and how much? Which, And that's too bad with the prices. And they, it's been commoditized because of the internet. Right. It's not like going on Amazon. It's not like buying a car. It isn't. Yeah. Go meet with all these people in person. Yeah. amazing how many people won't now if it's a referral and they've seen us all that, that's totally different sure but if i'm going to spend a thousand two thousand whatever it is i'm going to go sp i'm not you know carvana and all those you can buy, buy a car and they ship yes. you i would never man yeah. i'm getting in that car <laughs> i want to see yeah, the I actual wanna, yes. car i because i'm going to have this thing for 10 years i, right. I keep my cars me too until they run to the ground Me too. my last one i had 11 11 years four hundred thousand miles yes yes remember I, I commented on it you had the gs yes i yes. had a gs 430 it was 2001 i got it in 2004 and i drove it for about three or four years ago had 190,000. all i did was tires and brakes yep it was the most reliable color ever yep me too I, and then i saw i don't know in 2008 or 2009 they came out and i, I follow consumer reports because they were always right on their cars and they said <laughs> top three cars on the road for reliability from 2001. And that was one of them. There's yeah. Really? Okay. So here's a story you don't know. So my first car was, I, a, I got another one right now. Do you really? Gee, I want to see it. So, so I'm on my fourth Lexus. 
There you go. I've got the a 2015 CT 200H. It's a hybrid. Gets 43 miles of the gallon. I don't care it's about it's mine. super cool. Yeah, <laughs> super cool. Okay, so my first Lexus ever. You don't know this one, I bet. My first Lexus ever was a 1992 LS400. And it's probably still driving around. It, with yep. I sold it at 375,000 miles. Did you buy? You didn't buy it new. Uh, no, no, I bought it used. I bought it was the second owner. It was an old uh, old lady that, down in Houston. The little and, lady drove it. On yep, little old lady drove it. It was something her son bought for, her, and she couldn't drive anymore. And so the son was selling it, and I looked at it, and it had been sitting in a carport forever, so it was just covered in dust. And I saw the gold, you know, I was like, oh man. So I bought it for like 5,000 bucks and drove it to 375,000 miles. Sold that. My next car was the GS 400 that you mentioned, the 1998. Drove that to 400 plus thousand wow. miles. Guy flew in from Atlanta, bought it, drove it home. With any problems at all? Nope. Nope. I mean, you know, I had to clean the throttle to... body. I found out they charged me 120 bucks. Then I found out you get a can, $3 can. You just take off yes. the <laughs> and you go and wipe it down every about two years. It'll stuck. That was the only thing I ever did. Yep. Now I had to recharge the AC every year. I mean, there were certain things that, you know, were starting to happen. But you that... never worried about it starting. No, never worried about that. So, so sold that, bought a, a 2000. Four, 2003, 430, GS430. That's what I had. Yeah. yeah it, I loved it. It was, it was, it was, yeah. The, the, my second one, so my oh, pearl first white was the first one. Oh. The second one was a uh, platinum silver. Oh, okay. I like That's saying platinum. Was, yeah. Gray silver. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. The, the, the sound system, the Levinson. Yes. The Levinson <laughs> sound system is fucking awesome, man. Great sound system. Uh, sold that. Got, I've never been in an accident in my entire life. Right after my divorce, I was in these dark days. Oh, my God. We got I, tell, I yeah. told mine. Really? I told mine. <laughs> That's how I told it. But it was because it's a Lexus. I got hit. It was maybe five miles, maybe 10, 10, 10 miles an hour. Very, very low moving accident. But the way it hit it and the way it caught the front and caught the radiator, it exceeded the amount of the car. So, so it actually worked out. So this is all done and I can't get in trouble for this. I paid $5,000 for this car. Got in that little accident. Not even a year later. I got 7,500 bucks for it from the other. Both my Lexuses, I've always been, they've been worth more than I owe. Yes. And, and Me the, too. Seek, the best buy out there is a four or five year old Lexus. Yes. Because all that trickles down. The, the Camrys now look like my car. They got the yep. spindle grill and all yep. that kind of thing. And they had all the technology. Yep. So I had that silver one and I traded in and I got a, I've always had always wanted an Infiniti G37X Coupe. Yeah. It was all wheel drive. I wasn't going to get two wheel drive in that, but yeah. I got all wheel drive. It was fun to drive. It's yeah. like 300 horsepower and V6. It's basically Ooh. a Z. It's basically a Z in a tuxedo, somebody said. Yeah. And so I had a Wichita, I had a meeting in Wichita the Sunday after Thanksgiving two and a half years ago. And it's supposed to snow three to five inches. And Bridget says, don't go. And I said, I grew up in Nebraska. There's no big deal. <laughs> so I get past Emporia um, in, in the first exit on the toll road where it's got the gas station there and parties or whatever it is. I hadn't gotten that far. I wasn't too far probably past Emporia. And then all of a sudden, kind of snow is going sideways in front of me yeah. and, they, and traffic's kind of slowing down I'm going 45 miles an hour. And there's a sign that says, and all, all of a sudden I can just see cars like this all over oh, the, and I, I can't stop. I just, all of a sudden the road's slick and it doesn't look slick. And I, I, I slide into this little Toyota SUV and crane across the road under a semi trailer. And I'm like, and when it's happening, you're going, I'm wrecking my car. I'm, yeah, I'm hitting I, this car. And the truck driver's standing there. And I almost, he doesn't move. I could have cut him in half because he's standing in the trailer and my car slides under, you know, it's almost like a scissor action. I'm thinking, 
And he's just looking at me. I'm like, run. Well, get out of the way, dude. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there. And then all of a sudden I think, I'm going to get hit next. Because there was, I could see there was probably 10 cars in front of me off the side of the road oh. across the interstate. Yeah. And uh, so, I'm, so I try to back out. And, and uh, there was this bracket under the semi-trailer that sliced my uh, right front fender and kind of uh, looked like a gold wing door now. And because I hit so on the side, it. side onto each fender, the airbags never went off. I never hit anything directly. So my mir rear mirrors are hanging rear view mirrors and the front windshield shattered. And, uh, and then, so I go park in front of the truck, exchange information with him and the, uh, other, <laughs> all the driver. people you hit yeah. <laughs> I'm calling my insurance company. And now I'm cold. I'm shaking. Cause I'm, I'm nervous and scared and it's a blizzard and <laughs> trying to get home. My insurance company says, well, you want to wait for a tow. And I'm looking on the other side of the interstate cars are piling up. It's just like, it's just massive, massive mayhem. I bet 200 cars were wrecked that day on the way to Wichita. And, um, so I thought, so I go out and I look, nothing's leaking under my car. Tow trucks are not going to come get you. The cops are not going to come help you because they are overworked. There's oh probably my. 80 miles of this mayhem carnage. So I thought, okay, do I continue on to Wichita or do I just, so I make it up to that first rest stop and I drive in and it, and this place is packed and I walk in and it's like a refugee camp. People are sitting <laughs> everywhere all the way around the and they're all plugged into outlets with their phones. And I'm trying to find out. Where's a row open road? Maybe I'm just going home at this point. Yeah. And I look at the eastbound on fourth on 35 is packed. It's not moving. It's not moving at all because of all the wrecks. It's a parking yeah, lot. Yeah. I thought I can't stay here all day. So I hung out for about an hour and I'm trying to, I can't find. So I thought I'll just take one of these County roads home or whatever. So I get in my car and I head up to the next exit and I'm, I'm thinking, Oh, I got to pay a toll. Well, the toll is frozen over. It says, go, go ahead and go through. We're frozen. So I get off into this exit road. Now I'm on some state road. And your car's wrecked. I mean, it's damaged. Yeah, I, just, I got wind whistling in through this part of the windshield and, <laughs> and the fender stacking up. And uh, I see these cars have already slid off the road there. And I thought, I, I can't. So I go to the other left side of the road and I put my wheels over the edge so I don't slide off the road because it's kind of an embankment going down. And I'd seen another pickup. So I finally get there and I take this state highway back to Emporia and finally, and I, most of the way home, all of a sudden I see there's just nobody on the interstate. I left at like 8.30 that morning. I got home 8 o'clock that night. And I had probably only gone 200 miles. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, so I get home so, now. So she was right. You shouldn't have gone. Oh, I, believe me, I hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened last time? So uh, I get home now. I'm, I'm like, what? I got to get my car looked at. It's probably totaled. And, yeah. and uh, so a guy comes and looks at how much it's going to cost and my car. And I, it turned out I was worth just, I got about 1500 back from the insurance company. So, and I still owed on it. So yeah. that, I lucked out on that one, but now I need a car. I have no time to wait. You know, I, yeah. I hate buying anyway, right? Yeah. You're always getting ripped off. Yep. So I had to hustle and find a car. Well, down at the Cadillac dealership that I go down they had this uh, 2013 GS 430 F sport. Oh, right. Oh, I'm in a hurry. That has the sport package. Oh. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, okay, I, I like my last Lexus. And the, that other GS, they, it was always supposed to be like a beater for the BMW 5 right. Series, right? Yeah. And it wasn't. It wasn't even close. It drove like a Japanese car, luxury car. It didn't yeah. have. This one's much closer. Yeah. You can tune up the suspension. So I thought, okay. And it was a great deal. At that point, it was, it was five years old. It only had 50,000 miles on it. Oh, that's The great. first two years it was owned was only driven 5,000 miles. 
And when I got it, there was not a blemish, rock chip, anything. And one winter here, I might, it's all pitted out from being on the <laughs> on 435. Yeah. So I got it. And, uh, but that's funny because, and that this same thing, I, I looked at reliability and all this, this is one of the most reliable cars ever. But when I get in, it's a lot more fun to drive than that other one was. Yeah. Because if you want to do something, it, it, it drives like a It'll LS you. until you want to switch it up. And then it's kind of scary. Yeah. And I, I, I'm afraid to really push it hard because it kind of, yeah. I can't be good for the car. <laughs> my my son, so my kind of have a, a Lexus, like I like I like Lexus. I have a little Lexus fetish, I guess. So my son liked my Lexus, and all his buddies all thought my car was so cool. So my son, when he bought his first car, he bought an IS three fifty. Yeah, has the paddle shifters. I looked at those. It's fast. It's fast, and he it's got, got the a, same engine. Oh, He's okay. Sick. Yeah, super fast. Got the you got you got upgraded pipes on it. And it's black on black on black on black. It's like a really sexy car. My son, and he bought it himself with cash. Like he he saves. And so he bought a Lexus. Um, I'm a Lexus fan. I, I, I'm like you. If I, I buy a car. I buy a new one. The new one. The one I no, bought, no. New, it was 60 grand because it was loaded. And yeah. I got it for 20. Yeah. Was, I would never buy it, it new. It wasn't even broken in. No. Yeah. The only bad thing is it's got staggered. If I had done my research more, it's got staggered tires. Backs are bigger than the front. Oh. They do not make any passenger tires all season that fit those sizes. So I have to, I'm that guy that has summer tires and I have to go get them changed Which, to winter tires. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I, and they're not cheap. Yeah. I've looked, I looked exhaustively. Yeah. So in fact, I got to go get them changed this week, but I didn't know what snow tires could do for a car. So I makes all the difference in the, the world. First winter, I had summer tires. They're not good when it gets cold, they get stiff and slick. Yeah. I was getting stuck on just a skiff of snow on a flat surface. Yeah. I would coast up the stoplights, never stopping because I would never get it going again. Yeah, yeah. And so then I got snow tires the second year. I have a four wheel drive now. Yep. I mean, it, it's it amazing. Like, I got kind of cocky. I can go through anything now. Yeah. It blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. But I got to go in and get my tires changed. I, I, I hate You're it. one of those guys. But yeah, I'm one of those guys. Right? <laughs> got, my got my winter tires on. <laughs> right. I, that, that's the only downfall. Yeah. That and the front brakes are proprietary. I had to replace a disc outrageous it's pretty they don't have any, yeah it's stupid so it's what year is it again 2013 2013 well it was the first year for the new model so it looks contemporary okay. and then they quit making it last year really yes they don't make it anymore didn't sell enough oh that's and it's the 431 no they don't make 430 anymore they quit doing the v8 it's all v6 oh okay but it had more power than the 430 that was a 4.3 liter v8 okay this is a what is it yeah it's 3.5 liter v6 but it has like six more horsepower Okay, so it's pretty peppy. Oh, if you yeah. want, yeah. And then you dial it in so the, the shift points are higher, and then it firms up the suspension if you want. Yeah, then you can. Yeah, it's a lot more fun to drive than the old one that you and I had. Yeah, that's awesome. So you get both best of both worlds. When I'm cruising down the highway, it's like this thing just sails. I own the road. Yeah, but if I want to push it, I get that. You know. Yeah, that's cool. But it is they're the best thing on the market. Is a four or five year old Lexus. They've lost their depreciation. Yep, and. It will last forever. Someone asked me, they go, why, what, why are you fascinated with Lexus or, or why don't you buy a new car? You know, you could get a brand new, you know, Ford Focus, what, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay. I go, look at my Lexus. This is, you know, several years old. Um, but it has all it's, it's advanced. It has they put all, everything on them first. Right. It's like, no, it's a luxury car. Like I'm getting down a, to the Yes. Other, yeah. It's like, look at, I mean, I get a, this and that and you know, leather and it's, you know, wood dash, like all this stuff. I have to buy a newer car to get all that stuff. It won't last as long. Exactly. 
And I, so, even Honda now doesn't have as great reliabilities. Toyota still where it's It's at. the best. I, 100%. I can't believe we went on and on about this. Yeah. People have tuned out by now. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm telling right. you, that's that's my advice. Yes. Yeah. Use Lexus. Use, Four or use, five years old, they've yes. lost all their money, and you will never have to buy another car. Yeah. Yeah. I only got a new one because I, could, I couldn't do Bluetooth and this and that. And it ran fine. Yeah. They didn't give me much for a trade-in. Yeah. And, but I just, it was, how old was it? 15, 17 years old? I don't know. Yeah. So I want to, I want to start, uh, another discussion and, and we'll, we'll, we'll land this plane eventually. So what would you say now that you're in your sixties, early 60 or 60? I'm just 60. Just 60. Okay. Stop. Sorry. First of all, you thought I'm young and all of a sudden you're in your sixties. So, cause I'm 51. Cause you said I was like 10 or 11 years older. I was like, wait, I thought he was only 60. Okay. So you're 60. What? have you learned from, I guess, when did it really start for you that you started realizing I'm not going to live forever? 50. I told you, so, you okay. divided, you're like, did we talk about that on or off? We, a little bit, but like what specifically, how have you changed your life or how are you doing things different I don't, now that you're, you're not just midlife. Cause like I can still consider myself midlife. I'm like, yeah. what do you, I'm midlife, right? I've gone, I've gone through several midlife crises. <laughs> I wish there was just one, yeah. but I'm, I'm going through one right now, right? Yeah. And it doesn't right. stop. Yeah. And, and happiness is a journey, not a destination. And so is life, right? right. I'm not, you know, I am looking forward to retiring. I, I my, my dad used to say this, you know, I don't know how you could be bored. I've never been bored. I've never been bored. As yeah. an adult, I have never been bored. Yeah. There's always something to do. Yep. And again, if I'm not doing anything, I'm plenty happy doing nothing. Right. But if I'm doing it, I'm at 100%. Yeah. There's no in-between for yeah. me. So when I work, I work. When I don't work, I don't work. Yeah. I don't do anything. Yeah. So I, I think I've learned to just... Um... Probably learned that there's no reason to keep worrying yeah. about stuff. You, you, worrying doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah. Either do it or don't. I mean, as far as what you're going to do. And you only have so much effect on outcomes, right? Yeah. Very minimal. You know, what is is what is. And, you know, why get upset about it? If you can't change it, then what? And <laughs> a long time ago, I thought whatever happens, there's going to be a result. You know, whatever. You know, that's it. Yeah. And there isn't much that matters in this life, yeah. really, that really matters. Yeah. It's all petty stuff. So you've mentioned losing your dad recently. Um, it, what do they say that the first half of your life brings you things, you know, marriage, kids, you know, a, a career and all that. And the second half of your life is things are being taken from you. You know, you, whether that's, well, that doesn't necessarily mean divorce, but typically like, a, you know, divorce or death of a parent death of a grandparent, yeah. de you know, like things later. How, how, how has that been for you? Okay. So, my mom passed from uh, ovarian cancer 10 years ago, 11 years ago. She, she was, and had actually been diagnosed five years before that battled it. Actually it was metastasizing from stage three into stage four. She actually beat it and you never beat it. It never goes away. Ovarian cancer is always there ready to spring again. And it usually comes back and there's no treatment the second time you can only treat it once. And then, so five years later, she beat the odds. The odds were that she wasn't even living the first time. So she made it five years and she passed. I, I went home a lot in the last two months. Yeah. And the last time I saw her, she was just 
basically unconscious, oh. you know, and, but I had time to say goodbye. Yeah. And we had talks. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was hard. I lost my mom. Yeah. But when you lose the second parent, you're not just losing them. You're losing everything. Yeah. Your memories, because they lived in the same house since I was 12. That's all gone. My sister, she started feeling it before I did, but I'm never, no reason to go back to North Platte again, except for class reunion, right? Yeah. The house is gone. All the things are gone. That part of your life is totally gone. You had the other parent there, yeah. right? You don't have them there anymore. So I feel like it's a bigger loss and I still, and we all go through this. I want to pick up the phone and call him. Yeah. Even though the last three or four years, his short-term memory was almost non-existent. We had somebody check on him every day, a, a company. And, um, but it's death is, you know, you're here and gone. And he, the way he hap it happened. Um, what's so weird is this all happened right as COVID was starting, right? I think it was the middle of March. I, we got a call that he'd gone to the hospital. He had the presence of mind. This is like the second or third Monday in uh, March. He was had a terrible abdominal pain. I guess he called the ER at like three in the morning and they came and got him and we found his hospital. So I called Wednesday, talked to the doctor and I said, I always come and do his taxes at this point. Um, he goes, well, if you were going to come sooner or later, I'd come sooner. I said, you're kidding me. So I called my sister right away who lives in California. She got on a plane that day. We headed there and I walked in and tubes are sticking out. There's at least eight of those machines around him checking, you know, putting oh. stuff in. His, yeah. I didn't recognize him. His hair was, he didn't have his glasses on. He looked. I, I thought I was in the wrong room, right? So they they think maybe he had um, they didn't ever figure out what the pain was, but the next day he aspirated, um, which means from your stomach it goes into your lungs, started an infection, and once then the lungs, kidneys, and the heart are all battling in a weak body. Yeah. And and if he hadn't, if he'd ever gotten COVID, if he had survived, he wouldn't have made it. He had severe COPD. We didn't know how bad it was till we find his medical records later because he wouldn't share stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is all when there's don't even know the rules yet. Can you be in the hospital? Can't you be in the hospital? And he started getting a little better. Um, and then, so about 10 days later, my sister stayed there. I had to come home and deal with some business and see my son. I'm just pulling into town. Heidi said, we have called me and said, we have to make end of life plans. I said, you're kidding me. So I go back the next day and cause I'd been out of state they're making up the rules every day. I couldn't go back in the hospital. And they told my sister, she was in the room. If you leave the room, you're going to have to leave the hospital. So she stayed the last 36 hours. She couldn't, you know, yeah. So that sucked, not being able to go in. We never really got to say goodbye because we was never really conscious. So there's, there's something to be said for, you know, cancer sucks, but you have time. To be with that person, to have some, yeah, closure. Over a period of time and... It hit a lot harder than my mom. Yeah. Yeah. So how many years after your mom did he live? He, it was 10 or 11 years. Okay, and, you know, a lot of time there's, I, I know people. Usually like within this, a year. Yeah, usually. because they just can't get along with the out. But my dad soldiered on. And then those, like I said, last three or four years, the last year or two, he got really frail. I mean, hunching over and shuffling. And um, just because he was 86. Yeah. But, uh. When did it turn for him? Like, when did you see like, okay, 82 is when he started turning? No, probably. Yeah, maybe. Well, I was, had finished tearing down from a bridal show downtown three years ago, four years ago. And, uh, I get a call and it says area code 308. And I thought, oh, this maybe it's dad. And I said, dad, 
And they go, no, this is the North Platte police. And I'm like, what? And uh, so he had a doctor's appointment. My sister had a friend that took him over or had to pick him up because they were going to overnight him uh, because he had extreme dizziness after his, I don't know, he had for his ears or his nose or something. So she picked him up at the house the next day and said, remember, your pickup is down at the doctor's office. We'll go get it tomorrow. So he called the police the next day saying his pickup had been stolen. And they're in there. They come over and God bless him. You know, he wouldn't tell my name or Heidi's name or let him contact us. And all he knew is pickup has been stolen, right? So they finally got the hospital to give him a, my number. And my phone's dying. So I said, you have to call my sister. But um, that's when we knew. He was not. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you don't ever think your parents are strong. And we all, here's the thing. We all know, we all know, you know, at some point you're going to have to help your parents yeah, because they're physically or mentally or financially going to be feeble yep. and not be the strong parent. You, but, and we keep denying ourselves that. And maybe that's, we, we, we fool ourselves. We all know this, but we don't prepare for it until all of a sudden now my sister and I are scrambling. Like, what do we do? What do we do? You know, finding help. You know, worrying about him falling down the stairs. He wouldn't wear the life alert. We made him get hearing aids and you don't, but we're not there. She's in California. I'm here. Yeah. It's like a six and a half hour drive if I don't stop. And um, so you're dealing with all this stuff and you're feeling your way through. And I'm sure there are a ton of books yeah. <laughs> on how to deal with this. <laughs> we don't read them. Right. And, you know, we did stop gap measures and presence of mind. My dad long ago made me power of attorney you know, for finances and medical power attorney. Without that, it would have been a real struggle because we had to take control of some things right away, his finances and make medical decisions that he was not in capacity to make. I don't know how that would work going to court and proving it, Right. but he'd done that. And I did that. I did that probably 15 years ago and I re-upped my will again, but will isn't for who gets what after you die. Right. It's so your family and loved ones don't have to make any decisions Yeah. because you're no shape to make decisions when they pass right you aren't you just aren't right and he had already decided this is what i want how i want it you know and this is who's going to so take helpful. care of it yeah that's the way you have a will it isn't for money or anything else yeah. which you do definitely need but you're just that that time last year we spent five weeks together at my dad's house all these the stuff what do we do with it you don't want to get rid of what it. what did you do with it we had a house you know um Garage sale, estate no, sale. It is basically a state sale and it's pennies on the dollar. He had all these library cases, you know, with the uh, glass doors you pull up and there's books in there. Oh, wow. They collected the door and over a period of time and they were easily worth a grand a stack. And I think we got 150 a stack because you're at the mercy and we can't haul them. Right. And I have no place to put stuff in my apartment. And I did go through and occasionally I'd say, oh, I, this is oh, how much I want this, this worth? Or, yeah. Well, I didn't want it, but I wasn't going to let it go. Like oh, I was telling you earlier about my the Gibson Am he had from 1964, and so I looked up online while I'm in the house. I'm like, geez, one that's beat to hell. The knobs don't match. They're going for like a grand, right? So this is this thing's a cream puff. It looks like you know it's brand new. Oh my god! And so I took it. I'm never going to use it. And I thought about you know, I asked a musician's friend about their policy on the. You know, they sell in commission. No, you they just buy it from me. I thought about taking it over there, yeah. but I don't want to get rid of it. He spent yeah, keeps twelve years driving around the sand hills playing at VFWs and stuff. But um, but it takes up too much room. Yeah. So in the first time, my sister and I went through the house. We're like, well, this would be nice to have. This would be nice to have. This, and then the second time you go through, I don't need this. I'm not going to keep this. I mean, right. and then the last time you're like, what am I going to do with this? 
Yeah. And it, small stuff's easy, but there was this set of oak rockers and this love seat um, that my great grandparents had got. It's probably 120 years old. And I said, I'm not taking them. I have nowhere. Heidi said, my sister said, you're going to take them. You got to. That's about the only big thing I have. Yeah. But I, I got nowhere to put them, but someday I would regret it. And I, there are things I regret now that I was in not an emotional state to, you know. Yeah. And they, they, their house was nothing. It was like a bed and breakfast. Nothing probably newer than 80 years old. Really? Oh, yeah. Tons of. So it was antiques. clearly like as soon as you walked in, you stepped back in time. Oh, yeah. There was, it, was, it was pretty unique. And that's the way they like to live. You yeah. Know? But that, your parents we think they're going to live forever. Just like you think you're going to live forever. And then when they hit that feeble part, or you'll have a, you'll have a heads notice. Like you'll feel like, I think rationally, we know everybody's going to die. That's inevitable. But we deny it, but we deny it. And, or we, we like my, my parents, I finally had to, because I had a discussion with a friend like this. I finally had to sit my dad down. I said, dad, you have no will. You have nothing. I, I said, Dad, I'm not going to fight this. Like, I just want you to know that if you're not going to do a will or put me as power of attorney, you are tying my hands and I don't need the stress to fight over this. I'll just let the state take it all. Like, I'm just not going to mess with any of it. Because it is an extreme fight. Yeah, right. And I said, I, I just don't want to deal with it. I said, so if you want me to handle anything, if you pass before my, or whatever, like if you want me to be involved, you have to set me up to succeed I said, or I'm just not going to be interested in, in doing it. It's just it's not worth it to me. Because it's yeah. hard enough even when it – that's the whole thing. My dad had everything set up. Yeah. I mean, ABC123 in place, and it was still an ordeal right. to – you know, his attorney knew everything. And we went through that and this and that and just dealing with stuff and the house and trying to sell the house. That was what took the longest to wrap up. He passed in March. Everything was kind of wrapped up by July, August, except the house didn't sell till the summer, yeah. right? And – had to be the right person to buy it because it came with a, a lot of response, a big lot cool. in, in a unique house. But dealing with all that, it's hard enough when it's all set in place for you on top of your emotions. Actually, right. The death of it your family. It sucks. Fa- so here's a question. That this might be the most ignorant question, even though I believe no question is actually ignorant. But because I've, you know, my parents are getting older and and uh, I'm not expecting anything like recent or soon, but it's like it's it's inevitable, you know, within the next 20 years for sure. All their bills, how do those get paid? Like, you mean the like, electric bill? Well, like, no, not electric bill. Like, if they owe money on a car, what's that car? Just go back to the bank? Is, I don't know about that. He, I mean, these cars have like, been paid for for years. Yeah. I'm just, um, I was wondering about that. I was like, because surely, like, I don't have to take care of that. But is yeah, that, you do. Is that just go back no, to the No, you're responsible to wrap up their affairs. And so I don't know if you give it back or you buy it off and then resell it. I don't know how, cause he, he had this, I've, and that was the other hard like, thing. Like it's like, if they die, like their car payment, if they die, it's just. My dad didn't have any responsibilities except paying the monthly bills. His house was paid off, yeah. you know, and we had to take control of that stuff. And a lot of stuff was paid. He had it being paid online and, but finding out what needed to be paid. We still have an account open. For any kind of surprise bills, like we still had some state tax. We still have to file his return this year. Well, wow. he's got three months of income last year. He's huh. still alive. So, but dealing with all that, I don't know about the car, but yeah, you're responsible to get, you know, the electricity paid or shut off. And if they own their home, find a realtor, what you're going to do with all that stuff. And Sell it. And- 
But what was I going to say? Um, Too bad he didn't have like a an old '60s hot rod. Oh, oh, he had it was a it was a 2005 Lincoln town car. It only had like 45, 60,000 miles. I don't know. And I looked it up. They're going for five or six grand, right? And it's never been driven. It's paid for. Yeah, for it. yeah. I did. I, I, I sold on commission because I'm not. That was something too. I wasn't there, so I had to find somebody I could trust. So I've had a guy sell it on commission, and he sold it like within two days because it was in really good shape. Huh. But that was a hard thing too, telling me he couldn't drive anymore. Ugh. You know, he thought he probably still could. Well, I went riding with him once and we're going through this construction area and he, the guy with the stop slow sign. Cause we're going around. He basically ran, almost ran the guy over and I'm like, Oh, and my sister had been saying, you ever ride with him? You can't, he can't, he can't drive anymore. I said, after that, I said, yeah, we got to take the car away. And we were going to have it so he could only drive during the day in town. And luckily he lives a block from the grocery store and he'd shuffle down there every day. And, uh, and everybody knew him. Everybody knew him at the grocery store. He'd write a $25 check every time he went and then keep the change every time. And every, just $25. we can see his bank account, Gary's foods, Gary's foods, Gary's foods. And he'd keep the change. And um, <laughs> in fact, when, that's so when he was, that's how we found out he was in the hospital. The neighbors all knew, you know, Verge would go down to the store and stuff. And the people that checked in on every day, this company went and started asking the neighbors, have you seen Verge? Because he wasn't there. And the neighbors, we come to find out later, circle around him. They were all looking out for him. People we didn't even know. And uh, one gal took it on. She went up down the street canvassing, asking anybody to see my dad. And uh, that's how we found out he was in the hospital. They all kind of just watched out for him. That's neat. And so. They'd probably lived there forever. Yeah, since 1972. So I had the wow. same phone number, you know, for the last. With the dial phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I took that. So in the kitchen, uh, it was the uh, avocado green with the oh long cord. Oh my gosh! With the dial, <laughs> that was her main phone. And I, as we're leaving the house for the last time after um, I hadn't been back since then, I told my sister and her kids were there, and her husband. And I said, "I'm taking that phone." I took it off the wall. It's in my because it's a memory. Yeah, it's yeah. also kind of it's kind of badass cool. retro. Cool. Yeah, fifty yeah, year old. No, it's probably older than that. I don't know how old it is. My daughter wears. A lot of my clothes from the eighties and she gets, she goes, dad, I get compliments all the time on your Levi's jean jacket or your acid wash, this or that, which is all coming back in style. Now it all just circulates. I hate when they show the seventies or eighties in a movie and they get it wrong or people think this is what the eighties, it wasn't anything like like that. that. Yeah. It was was very skinny ties and hair and and tight pants and all that. Yeah. And and short sleeve dress shirts. Yeah. Um, I think they get the seventies dazed and confused gets the clothes right for the seventies. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you grew up, so you were more of a '70s guy. Totally I was more of an '80s. '70s. Yeah. You know, that's like when I went to dermatologist um, year and a half ago. I felt like some irregularities on my skin, so I went to get. My dad had had skin cancer, and so did my grandfather. So I'll go get checked out. And uh, the guy comes in, and uh, he goes, "Hmm, you ever wear sunscreen as a child?" I said, "Please." <laughs> I grew up in the '60s. <laughs> you know. They put on stuff to make you burn, you know. So, right. I use baby oil on that. Yeah. Skin. Right. And and uh, so it know. looks like. So I guess you got it cleared up. Well, yeah, and they give you this stuff. It's basically a, a chemotherapy topical for two weeks, and it looked like I, I kept waiting for it to kick in. All of a sudden, for about two weeks, it looked like I had a really bad sunburn. And it. What's really funny is I put it all over my face, but it only targeted. I usually get sunburned my nose and cheeks and up to the side here. And that's the only part you could tell where it targeted the cells. He said, you definitely have precancerous cells. We don't take care of it now. You'll have skin cancer in 10 years. But it's really weird. And this stuff, I'm starting to read about it. It's nasty stuff. You know, your bodily fluids should not touch anybody because it's it's chemotherapy. 
So wow. it was, uh, but I thought it was funny. He says, Did you Becky, don't look my child? face. I don't even know if they had sunscreen, right? I said, please. I, yeah, was there such a thing? My son, so you'll, you'll appreciate this. So my son and I were driving the other day and my, my iPhone, uh, quit working. Like it, it was on, but it, it like cellular, like it, I couldn't do anything. It's like I, nothing. Couldn't see my calendar. Froze couldn't make up. a phone call. Yeah. Couldn't do anything. Reset it all that. Nothing, nothing. And I, I kind of had a panic attack. Like, so I was like, Oh, I got a couple meetings. I have no idea where we are, how to get where I'm like, it, like it kind of sent me into this little panic feeling and I saw a T-Mobile or a sprint store. And so I pulled in and I'm like, you know, once I got in there and, and I got my new phone, so I started calming down. Well, then my son, cause he was with me, he goes, well, he goes, dad, what'd you do back in your day? And I was like, right. I was like, well, I said, you know, you pull over and you make, you use a payphone, and you know, you, but you had to have a roll of quarters in your glove box to make it. And then he goes, well, how did you know their number? I said, you had it memorized or you had a little black book with everybody's phone number in it. And he goes, well, what about whatever? I said, well, you had a map yet, or you printed out a map quest. I mean, like there was all these things, like if you get lost, like now it's just, I'm so dependent on my phone to get me places that, that literally, yeah. Like if I, if I was headed to a wedding, like if my phone, if I didn't have a phone and I had a wedding's coming up this weekend, it would be a little bit of a panicky feeling. Well, I got to figure out how to get there. I got to look it up. I got to figure out ahead of time. I got to map this shit out. When I first moved here, I had maps and all the systems for the DJs and me and I, and that's how I did it. You're right. And now I can't go anywhere. I came here with Google to see how long it would take. And right. now, by God, it's usually within a minute, right? It is. It's yeah. right on. Yeah. And I, all the time I'll Google it, see how far it is or where it is. And I, yeah, you get, I'm very analog. I mean, it took me forever to get to used to putting things in Outlook. I had a calendar. I wrote it down, right? Yeah. Because, and I finally <laughs> quit the Kansas City Star. I'm somebody that would get the newspaper because I want to see it all. I want to be able to pick my article and go through it, right? Yeah. I grew up in newspapers. I love reading the newspaper. Yeah. Well, two, two, the biggest problem was it was get, it was like a weekly reader. Well, it's then. the day after well, you're getting well, late. Well, no, but it was down to like four pages sometimes, and it's outrageous what they charge now. Yeah. So, oh, that's a whole other story. Anyway, very analog. I do want to talk about though because they ticked me off. Anyway, yeah. so uh, it took me a while to get to digitally putting all my appointments on my phone and all like that. And I'm like, why didn't you do this before? Because it's always on me. Yeah. But yeah, once my your phone freezes up, and I have oh, I should back it up. Last time, yeah, uh, I, I think that all the time. Like I should, and have. I don't do the cloud. It's it's not that much, but yeah. I, I don't want to pay ninety nine cents or whatever. It right. Is, right. Um, but I'm I'm very analog, and then we all fall into it. How do we get along ten years ago, even without it? Right before the iPhone, it's crazy. So the Kansas City Star. I love reading the paper. I can pick and choose what I want, read it, flip through, do the New York Times, whatever the uh, crossword. And it was getting down to the point where I quit Monday and Tuesday. You could do Thursday through Sunday, and I like the Sunday paper. Or, drink my coffee. It's getting thinner and thinner. And it's, I think I'm not even reading it half the time now because most of it's just bad news. Right. There's nothing worth reading. Yeah. And so I, tr well, first of all, to get it delivered to my apartment, it was an act of God for about a year and a half. <laughs> it wouldn't come. It wouldn't come. It wouldn't come. I wrote a letter to the editor on their Facebook page. Um, I, I, I just went at them. Now I'm on a journey. I want my, I'm paying you and I'm not getting my papers. This went on for months and then I get it delivered occasionally. And finally, Finally, after several months, I had two gals contact me at the same time. We're going to get this fixed for you. I don't know what to. So finally, I started getting the paper. So I'm getting every week. Occasionally, there's probably one guy they send over because he's like, oh, get that in my guy apartment complex. Paper. I'm probably the only one. He doesn't <laughs> want to drive clear through the complex to throw it on my front step, right? Right. So then I get to the point, like, you know what? It's like, what, 80 bucks a month? I don't know. It's outrageous. Yeah. And there's hardly anything. And I thought, I need to quit. Well, that's a whole other story. They don't make it easy. You can't just go online and quit your shoot. You can't call. So I, I tried over and over to quit. 
just like they bug you to, you know, so it went on and that probably took a month to have them stop delivering. I couldn't get delivery. Now they won't stop. Right. So then, um, I finally get it stopped and they're following up with phone calls five times a day. And they're usually from India. Oh, we see you quit the paper. Could we get you back? We'll just start with Sunday, $1 a week. And I'm like, I don't want it. No, that's fine. They'd call again. I said, you guys need to take me off your list, but it's so funny. I couldn't get you to deliver the paper. Now you don't want me to stop. You know, it was relentless, <laughs> it was relentless, but I miss having a paper. I miss it sorely. Now I, I'm thinking about getting the New York times digital because yeah. I'll show you the whole front page and you can flip through. Yeah. But that's you and I share. So that that's, and it's probably our age, right? Cause I, I still, I don't get the newspaper, but when I go down to my apartment office, they'll, they have the newspaper down there and, and they're like, Oh, you can have the newspaper if you want. I'm like, yay. Like I don't have to subscribe. I'm just grabbing oh, one. Man. So it's super exciting. And right? you're the only so, one in the building. Yeah. Right? They're, they're, they're the only one it. that literally cares. And so, and I do too. I, sometimes I just literally get it out and look through it with a cup of coffee. Just, I'm not even hardly reading it. I'm just kind of scanning it, drinking my coffee. And it's just something it's nostalgic, I guess. It's something about it. I, I like oh, it's nostalgic, but you can pick and choose immediately. I don't have to flip through. Yeah. I don't have to blow it up and get closer. And yeah. I, um, yeah, I'm still pen and paper. I still journal. I still write. Um, you know, I, I write with Montblanc pens. Yeah, I still, I really like old, I still send letters. I haven't done that forever. Yeah. I still, I, I, you know, yeah, I still like, I have a couple pen pals that I write and I really enjoy that. And that's like, I, you know, I get, I get popular mechanics, uh, Rolling Stone, Time, uh, Consumer Report. I probably get about six or seven periodicals. But I don't want to get the digital version because I don't want to read it on my tablet. I need to flip through back and forth and read. Yeah. And um, I, you know, and here's this is interesting. I don't know why I do this. I read all periodicals back to front. Really <laughs> Isn't that weird. That is weird, actually. So I still read book books rather than you know people go well, just get a Kindle. I'm like yeah, I tried. I I just I can't. Something about physically holding that book and, and the turn the pages and putting a bookmarker in there. I just like all that stuff. Uh, I like marking in there, writing in there. I just, I love I think it. It just means we're old. Yeah. Because it's just like my dad, I'd want to say, well, dad, we need to do this. It's okay. I didn't need it before. I don't need it now or whatever. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, here I go. I'm turning into that. Yeah. <laughs> I just, and I don't want to do that. Right. Hey, I always like, you know, if I turn into my dad, shoot me. Yeah. You know, I and, try to be an early adopter. Right. So I was the first one that got into, I got on my Twitter account, which I don't do shit with it. Really. I got into Twitter before it was even really known. I mean, I, I'm one of the original people to get Twitter hindsight. Had I just gone for it and gone crazy, maybe to done some second thing is MySpace. I was an er I got into MySpace <laughs> early on. How'd that work out? I actually, believe it or not, you're going to laugh. <laughs> I actually started podcasting way long ago, only because through the church, I was a pretty progressive. So back in like 2004, our church had a podcast, which was just my sermon. It wasn't sermons. pod back then because there was no iPod. Right, right. So what would you call it? I can't remember, but it was an audio thing that went on out on the on the World Wide Web's, and then I, I stopped doing that, and and then um, Facebook. I, I got into Facebook way back when I got into it because I had an organization on the campus of KU, so I qualified to be on. Cause that's back when it was only for college students. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was an early Facebook guy. Um, so yeah, I've just been an early adopter to a lot of the technology though. There's so much of my life. That's very, you know, that does kind of date me a little bit. I don't, I wear analog watches only. 
Uh, well, that's the only thing that doesn't work. My Lexus, the analog clock quit. And so I went online to look at, find out yeah. what the deal was. And it's one of the known problems. One of the few known problems that goes bad and it, I can find a used one for 200 bucks. So I'm just going to find one, yeah, just, <laughs> stick one in front of it and find a digital one. But I, I look at it all the time and I, this, this is old school. I don't look at my, I don't want to take time, take the phone out to look at, see what time it is. I look at my watch. Yeah. That's why it's there. Yeah. You know, I, it's easier, quicker, yeah. low maintenance. I, 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 it's wild that I never have gotten into watches. I just never have. For whatever reason, I don't like anything on my wrist. But then when phones and all that started coming out, I was like, what would be the point of even having a wristwatch if you have a phone? So I don't have to and all of a sudden, now you can call over. and text. Now you can call, text, take a phone call. Now you can call, take phone call, pictures, videography. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't know. How Who knows where it's them. going? So, okay, in the last few minutes here before we close out this episode I want to totally go out into left field totally let our brains just open up here does et extraterrestrial life on other planets you think we're going to find ancient life on mars do you follow the the nasa right now that the uh, no i don't follow but i see the photos occasionally yep. you know yep. i you know be silly to think there isn't life and there's billions and billions and billions of stars right right and and uh you can't be a coincidence we're the only thing That'd be just the only weird, planet where with and the, the fact that we even you know crawled out of the ocean in the first place kind of a miracle going back to the whole creation thing right, right. there's got to be yeah but we are so far away from any other probably intelligent life form communication by the time they get a signal to us they're already imploded probably right right but yeah i believe that now have the, do i believe that maybe there's extraterrestrials that have interfered with life on earth that i don't think so yeah but there, there's unexplained phenomena sometimes. Yeah. So we always try to find a reason. And it's easy to blame it on something you don't know about for right. sure. It was, it was aliens. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the fascination that so many of us have. I mean, I, I'm fascinated with it. You know, Elon Musk was on Joe Rogan the other day or not too long ago and was asked about aliens. And, and he said, there's no proof. He said, I, he goes, I think it'd be ridiculous to think that there's not life out there somewhere. He says, but you know, all this stuff, he said, and this is kind of, I was like, wow, he's kind of a big deal. But he said, if there were aliens here on earth, if they were at area 51, he goes, I would be in on all that. I'd be in on all that. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's pretty badass to say. Right. Really what he's saying is like, I'm kind of a big deal. Like, and if there's aliens, I'd be knowing about this. I'd be this. privy to it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be privy to it. And I thought that was pretty cool because I've, I've had friends that are like, no, it's all this conspiracy theory bullshit. And I'm like, I mean, there's really not that really there's no, I mean, it's all the, all the video footage, any kind of video of anything they have. It's very fucking sketchy. It's always and, blurry. Yeah. It's not like anybody had a really like a, like why didn't anybody film it with a fucking iPhone? You know, like a real good, like picture. Yeah, with all the technology we have now, why aren't those things appearing? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like you, I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be foolish to think that we're the only ones. Um, I'd be sad if we're the only ones. Yeah. Uh, and when they, I, I, so someone asked me, do you, hope we find life on mars i said yes i did or evidence I, there was life maybe, right ancient life yeah like that That there was once life on mars i would think that'd be so fascinating um just to the maybe this i have a wrong maybe i have a wrong attitude about this but it would it would definitely challenge the bible thumpers like it would definitely oh i never thought about that hey that, that's why i really am up for it because i'm like how are you gonna handle that how are you gonna how are you gonna backflip out of this you know, you can't you know, say the devil certain, is in charge of the earth and he can fuck with. That's uh, a certain vanity thinking you're the only life forms in the, in the galaxy or in the universe. Right. Right. How vain is that? I never thought about that. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Life form on other uh, planets or anywhere out there pretty much negates a lot of the 
Yep. Religious beliefs. It, it, absolutely. So um, in closing, Wade, it's been awesome talking to you today. We could probably do another podcast and talk for another several hours, Easy. I would imagine. <laughs> We've talked so, as long off air as we have on. Yeah. So thank you so much for doing this today. Uh, final closing comments, uh, how people can find out about you and your company and just complete weddings and events, Kansas city, Google it. We're there. DJ video, photo and photo booth. Cool. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. This is, this has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. All you right, bet. everybody appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.